That's where we're going. Straight through this place and deeper in. Maybe we shouldn't be going someplace that looks like a burial ground. Oh, to a bunch of godless savages. Ain't no concern of a civilized man. Jail on fire safer than a place like this. Better than sitting in that damn gulch. Riders coming in from one way and, and savages the other. You want to go back there? Go. If that was a gust, then it learned an instrument. Listen, Claire. We are coming through here, like it or not. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, the only podcast that appreciates Wild Wild West for what it truly is, the greatest documentary ever made about the American West. (laughs) (laughs) Getting jiggy with it. I'm Mike. I'm Jim West. Desperado. And I'm Justin. What's happening? Hey, we did it. <laughs> Rough Rider. Wicka, wicka. No, you don't want nada. Nada this. Six gonna, th- no, never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So that intro did not take us four times to do. <laughs> uh, that's, that's we're, we're just a bunch of fools over little here. Peek behind the curtain, folks. Welcome to the show, ladies and germs. <laughs> what are we What are we doing today, Jim? Bucket of fish. Well, Buck- <laughs> <laughs> we are in rare form. <laughs> Uh, what are we doing today? What are we doing today? Today we are talking about the American, uh... I was talking about under the table. The Ameri- oh. <laughs> American badass! <laughs> what are we doing today? We're talking about um, the American badass, Kid Brock himself. Yep, yep. yep. He, uh, <laughs> he just opened up last night for the we dojo. We just lost, like, two viewers. <laughs> <laughs> of our four. B- both of them. <laughs> did you hear, did, did you hear that, uh, did Brian... Our buddy Brian sent you the thing the other day that people are so, protesting the Kid Rock. Well, thing. no, no, we just we just opened up a new. What did you it. just do? Missed Kill it. a bug? Yeah, there's been one flying around here all night. <laughs> <laughs> we just uh, they just opened up the new Little, uh, Caesar's, Little Arena. Caesar's Arena, Detroit Red Wings and Detroit the Pistons that, Arena, the one that Jay's been uh, working at. Yeah, and everybody was like, "Oh, they should call it Illich Arena because Mike Illich, blah blah blah," and then. Uh, Brian said that somebody referred to it as the dojo. Yeah, I've heard that quite a few times. It's hilarious. Perfect. It's it perfect, yeah. Like, I thought the deep dish might be pretty cool, but... Not dojo. Dojo is really cool. Because yep. if you don't know, our previous Red Wings hockey arena was the Joe Lewis Arena. So Or the this, Joe, as it was the called. The Joe, we call it. So now this is the dojo. All that needs to happen is that Ricky, uh, or Mickey Redman, <laughs> the iconic... Uh, Ricky Medman. <laughs> Ricky uh, Medman. <laughs> Mickey Redman, the iconic Red Wings announcer. Mm-hmm. All it's going to take is for him to say it one time. Once. That is it. And, that, and that's it. To call him, it, it's to call him the dojo. Yeah, at yep. the dojo. Yep. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if they'll let him call. I got it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they'll let him call it anything other than LCA. I don't know. They might do. A lot of places have uh, uh, San Jose. There's there, the stadium is not called the Shark Tank, but that's what they refer to it as. Yeah, that's true. You know, a lot of places have. I think it's called the Shark Tank, but like I'm just, a lot of places have little. I'm nicknames. just thinking when there's people with money and they want to promote their their business, well, they. Won't let you. Yeah, just do probably whatever not the hell immediately, you want. but probably somewhere down the line. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, anyway what we chat today? Uh, today we're talking about Western horror. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of these movies we've actually touched on briefly before. Yeah. But not in great detail, so we thought we'd go back and rewatch them and then add another one and call it a show. Done. But before we talk about today's show, yeah, I need to get something. I need to tell a story. I need to spin a tale, if you will. Okay. I don't know how I didn't talk about this last week. Yeah. Um, but I watched quite possibly the greatest documentary that I've ever seen. Before you, in... mo- before you move on, <laughs> you have this thing going on with the back of your hair, and every time you move the... your hands, <laughs> your hair is flopping around, and it's terribly distracting. All right. All right. Thank you. Uh, sure. Uh, the greatest documentary that I've ever seen on the UFO phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Now, before you start laughing, before you start laughing, um, <laughs> no, it really is. It's called Unacknowledged. It's on Netflix. And uh, the reason I'm saying this now is because I have another little story to tell after this. Um, but I do. Oh, no, shut up. It's my show. I'll do what I want. <laughs> um, no, great. If you're into uh, like alien, like UFO documentaries and, and learning stuff, this is probably the greatest documentary that I've ever seen on it because of how normalized it is. Mm-hmm. Like none of the guys that are talking about this stuff seem like crackpots. They they're very much intelligent, grounded guys. They're uh, and every bit of of evidence that they that they talk about, they back up with like paper trail or photos or video or audio or something. And uh, it's it's crazy, like how much sense this off the wall documentary makes. Uh, isn't this the same thing you said about the documentary that you watched a few weeks ago, and then it turned out the guy was completely full of bullshit? And but also, I, but I knew that like, also a child molester. But I knew Michael. that like a quarter of the way going through. <laughs> this one though is very different. Uh, it's about a guy. I forget his name, but he started this thing called the Disclosure Project, mm-hmm. like years and years and years ago. And he like finally now as things are getting declassified, they mm-hmm. can talk about this stuff more. And it, it's. Fascinating watch. What's it called? It's called Unacknowledged. It's on Netflix. Um, so if you're into that kind of stuff, I highly, highly recommend it. Now I had to tell that story to get to this story because I had an experience in oh my, my house. God, you're gonna talk about. Uh, I am. I told Jay about this earlier, and I think I freaked him out. I did. <laughs> but still feels like it's been probed by aliens. So I think he was humoring you. So so uh, a couple nights ago, I wake up at two twenty in the morning, right? Yes. Are, are you that bored already? Oh, well, I heard this story last night, so yes. That's Um, the alien hour. So I wake up at 2.20 in the morning. Pre-witching hour is the alien hour. And you know how how when, I'm just, I forget you guys. You know how when you wake up and, like, you feel like there's something in the room with you, like there's something watching you, there's, there's like, another something in the room. It's your boner. <laughs> uh, this is gonna be a long night. <laughs> just um, like you feel like you feel that one eye just staring at you. Go ahead, Mike. This is serious, James. Tell your little story. So I wake up right, and I, I there's just like there's something weird in the air, like in my room. Like I don't know what's going. Like it's weird. I, I just woke up. I had this really weird, unsettling feeling, and I'm looking around my room, and there's like these like my room's not completely pitch black, but there's parts. Where I'm looking around and it's just black as night, like okay. like the, the the just dead black space. I'm like, what the hell? Like, what is in my room that is casting these shadows? Like, there's nothing there. And I'm looking around. And it's just it's just the weirdest weirdest thing. And then I look down to the end of my room where I have a window, and I notice this like little cluster of the best. The best thing that I can describe it as is like these shimmery sort of glimmering lights, if you will. Like they're kind of like just like it's like they're all kind of congested in this little area by my window, and they're not super bright, but it's enough to see like just flickering of light, and they're like ro- like almost rolling around, like just glimmering. It was the weirdest fucking thing. I have a theory on what it is, and I'm like, and I'm, well, we can talk about this after. Yeah, I'm looking at this. I'm like, what in the hell 
is is going on. And so I go to get up out of my uh, out of my bed, and um, you know, you've ever been on the gravitron? Yeah, like a state fair. It's that, that thing that spins and like you get sucked against the wall and it's hard to move. What do you think? I don't love fun, Mike. Well, yes, of course fair, I've been fair. on the gravitron. Uh, for our listeners <laughs> that are not fair going people, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's like that almost, but only like a, a fraction of the pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, almost as if like you're um, uh, pushing through, like you're trying to move your arm quickly through water, like that resistance. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get out of bed and I'm getting this resistance all over my entire body like i like it was a not a struggle but i had to use a lot of effort to lift my body out of bed i'm not kidding you mm-hmm. it was the strangest thing that has ever happened to me i've seen and stranger so things i get up <laughs> i no, get up no. i walk over to <laughs> my haven't. uh to my lamp and i turn my lamp on the second that i turn my lamp on everything stopped like literally everything i'm just standing there looking around my room 2 30 in the morning like what so the, the pressure fuck? stopped. Like, when like you, one, at that yeah. point, when the you got out of your stopped, bed, everything was gone. When you like, got out of your bed, could you still see the little shimmering lights? Could I? Yes. I thought that I did. Well, yeah. I mean, I was more paying attention to getting out of bed at that point, but okay. I mean, I thought that I did. I didn't notice them gone. And so I got up. I walked <laughs> to the end of my room where the uh, where the window is. I looked out. I thought maybe there'd be like flashing lights outside or something that I was seeing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Absolutely nothing going on. And I'm just like, and to this day, I have no fucking clue what happened. I was perfectly awake conscious awake i wasn't sleeping or anything like that and i remember it clear as day and you know me i don't remember my dreams so i don't think i was dreaming i it, I, it was it, dude, i'm telling you it was the weirdest fucking thing that has ever i mean i to told me. you what i thought it was last night which is i'm not gonna go into that because yeah. we talked about it for like a half he, well, hour well he thought it was some sort of weird like like halfway sleep paralysis like, kind of like thing, a twilight but, sort of thing yeah because i because i told but i told never you happened i told before. you i was awake in bed one night and my eyes were wide awake and i thought i was fully aware of everything and i could have swore i saw a giant like like football sized spider that's a weird shaped spider crawl from behind my bed up to the ceiling over into the corner and i watched it the whole time yeah and i was wide awake it's just you know but i was in this kind of well, like maybe weird the, twilight maybe the state. aliens put that thought into your head speaking of spiders the little the twinkling ball of lights <laughs> yeah. i think it was uh i think it was a ball of spiders in your <laughs> you know how spiders usually hang out in a ball you know oh, yeah 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 <laughs> flashing no, lights no have you ever have you ever have you ever gone out and shined like a like a very dim light into um it's like a spider web. into your into your lawn at night uh no and seeing like especially in certain like if you go out in the country and do this it's it's really creepy because spiders eyes will actually kind of like twinkle a little bit if you shine a dim light Uh across your yard we used to do this at my cousin's house because he lived out in the country yeah and you can see like thousands of little tiny spider eyes they're kind of they're like cat's eyes almost but like Spider eyes, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. Well, so it was a ball of spiders hanging out oh, in your sure, bedroom. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> That's not less terrifying at all. <laughs> and the whole thing about you not being able to move, you're 32 years old. <laughs> you're just getting old, Mike. <laughs> you're like, I was struggling mean? to get out of bed. No, I couldn't I'm, get up. I'm like, that's, was, how we, you, that's how you feel pressure, every morning when you're 32 felt, years old. I was telling Jay this earlier. He actually brought up a good thing, a good way to, to, to equate it is, you know, you take two like really high-powered magnets and you push them together and there's that, like, that force <clears> of resistance. Uh-huh. That's kind of what it felt like. I don't know. It was the, it was a it was one of the the most oddest weirdest things that's ever happened to me. So here's what it was. It was a it was a girl standing out the other side of your room, and you know how like you repel women. <laughs> <laughs> so you were getting I up trying so to much. get to her, I, I, and, and that like that reverse magnetism was pushing you back down into bed. 
I have the ultimate end-all answer to this. Mike, stop doing acid. All right, what else we got? <laughs> that, that could do it. That, that do Were it. you eating a lot of spicy foods, like I ghost was, chilies? I was not. Um, speaking of ghost chilies, Mike actually brought one over today. <laughs> I did. Uh, for Justin, because Justin I is a big fan of... picked about six or seven of them from my backyard today. Yeah, he grows them. Justin's a big fan of eating really spicy things. Just because. So we just wondered if Justin wanted to take a little nip off of it tonight, and then he ended up he ended up coming downstairs with three tiny little pieces Which, from this pepper. They're not tiny. They're a lot bigger than I feel comfortable doing. Well, we're gonna let Jay eat one, and then we're gonna see how that goes, and then we'll decide whether we're going to or not. About the size of a pea each. That's yeah, a good size. That's a good size for. Do you want to do it? Right you want to do it right now? I'll, yeah. I'll do it right now. Pop, sure. Pop it oh, in. I'll take that one. That one looks good. This could okay. go horribly bad. Really let it roll around. He's chewing it. Mm-hmm. You feeling it yet? Yeah. Give us a play-by-play. How's play. it feel? How's it taste? What's the flavor like? Similar to a habanero, a little sweet. Sweet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling anything yet? The fire's starting to kick in a little bit. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> We're going to check back in with him in yep. about 30 to 40 um, seconds. So, <clears throat> yeah. So, pretty well. let's get back to the uh, to the show here. Uh, today, we are talking about uh, Western horrors, and with that, we, we got this uh, four-pack of Evil Twin Brewing... The cowboy. The cowboy. I I mean that you really can't get much better than that. You have you have mistakenly told me what this is three times now. Because <laughs> it is a smoked pilsner. Oh, not a porter. He told me it was a smoked stout, and then he told me it was a smoked, smoked fish, por- por- and then he told me it was a smoked trout, and then he told me it was a smoked porter. It's actually a smoked pilsner, which makes more sense now because you told me it was five point five. Uh, so anyway, yeah, this is Evil Twin Brewing, the Cowboy. Where's Evil Twin from? Do you know? I don't. Here. Oh, I don't know. Check, uh, out, check out the box is. for me while I read this. All right. Uh, I need to know what kind of beer cowboys drink, as I have recently become one. I want to be the best cowboy I can be, and I think drinking the correct beer is important. I already have a cowboy hat and a nice big shiny buckle. Brewed by Evil Twin Brewing. Stratford, Connecticut. Oh, well, there you go. I should have just read the damn thing when I ordered. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird though. Their their email or their uh, website is eviltwin.dk. Dot dk. Yeah, I've never heard of huh, a dk. I don't know what that is. We're gonna check in with Jay. Jay, how you feeling? How am I feeling? He's about to pop another piece. No, well, I want to know. Like, was be- my piece. Oh, was- <laughs> I'll cut you another piece. You want a piece? <laughs> I want to know how you're actually feeling. Like Taco Bell fire sauce. Are really? you serious? <laughs> no, it's spicy. It's got a kick, but I've right. I've had hotter. I'm gonna do a piece. I guess I'm not doing one. I'll cut you. I'll give you a piece. <laughs> I got a knife. Aha. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if this is incredibly boring to people, but I don't care. All right. So anyway, getting into things. Getting I'm, jiggy with it. I'm getting no fire at all from that. Um. Yeah. So let's uh, let's crack these beers. Yeah. Let's try them out. Let's do it. I'm gonna eat my piece. No, here. that actually wasn't bad. It now was, watch my piece I'm, is going to be the worst. No, I, I literally have no spice in my mouth at all from that. All right, <clears throat> who's got the old bottle opener? Uh, it's over here somewhere. Sorry, this dude. Is... I got spice immediately. <laughs> Did you? Like, I ate... immediately. <laughs> I ate the end piece. Oh. <laughs> I ate the little nub from the end. <laughs> Mike was crying <laughs> when we left you. <clears throat> I'm not getting in my mouth. It's on fire already. Is it really? Like, it's on fire. Oh, mine had a good spice to it, but I, th- mm. I think I need another piece. I, I, it's like I didn't even eat a it's pepper. Not... No. It's not unbearable, but well, here, holy crack, shit. Crack your beer, and let's Ooh. give this a try. <laughs> it's like everyone... I'm going to try this beer before I eat <laughs> that. Okay. 
<laughs> Everybody listening right now was like, yeah, no shit. You just... Right there, right there. Oh, shit. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. It's a fucking ghost chill. You think it's not going to be hot? All right. Jim, right there. Uh, yeah, I need to make sure I wash this knife off properly, right. so I'm going to leave that open. Before you scratch your eyes with uh, it, don't rub you the knife in your yeah, eyes. Yeah, I wouldn't touch bare hands with that. Well, I just did, yeah, so... I t- oh. um, let's try... Open your beer. Let's try this beer before I eat this. You should have no, waited until I, after I, you drank the beer. <laughs> You're dying right now. I am dying oh, right now. His <laughs> eyes are watering. Oh his God. face is red. This was a bad idea. This is, a, this is a precursor for something we're going to be doing down the line, too. Well, now this is, I'm kind of excited to try this piece. You know, like the... the, the under, <laughs> your tongue, <laughs> under, your, under your tongue... Under your tongue, you get that pit of saliva. It's like fucking lava right now. <laughs> Mike, Mike is... Mike saliva. Whole, Mike's I'm, whole I'm mouth sweating. is going to be nothing right but canker sores for the next three weeks. <laughs> uh, uh, suck it up, you puss. <laughs> All right, did you... Uh, All right. Open... All right. Ooh, All right. I almost just rubbed my eyes. Don't Shame. do that. Okay. Make sure wash your hands before you pee. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry about this. Uh, this is probably good. this is probably tough to listen to. All Cheers. Right. Let's try this Cheers. out, boys. Smoked Pilsner. Ooh, that's good. That's actually really good. That is really good. That's a good. There's nothing for the spice in my mouth though. That's a good drinking beer. Should I, t- yes. t- should I eat that piece? You have. You want me to eat this piece? If you guys have your own beers or your own ghost chilies, eat them up with us. Mmm. It's a good flavor. Yeah. Okay. That one spicier? Yep. I, might I feel like I need to try a third piece because I they were spicy, but... Uh, I, I mean, like, it's spicy, but does it get worse? Because this isn't bad. Nah, that's the wrong side, Jay. Jay. Oh. <laughs> I tried to cut so. it with the dull end of the knife. All right, so... Jay's about to pop a big old piece of it. Mike, I'm not. That one smells different. You're insane. You're like legitimately insane. Mike, I I'm getting like it's 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 like I just ate a piece of a jalapeno. It's getting a little hotter. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, anyway, so let's move on to uh, some dumb stuff that we said last week. Stupid! You're so stupid. So speaking of being stupid, eating a ghost chili while trying to do a podcast was not one of the smarter things that we've done. <laughs> well, um, hold on. Ex- f- at least for me, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> we, d- we just took a 10-minute break. Ooh, I had to recover a little bit there. <laughs> Went up and got glass of, uh, glass of milk from Michael. Ooh, I mean, it was, I, it was I hot. I eat a it lot of spicy food, and for whatever reason, this is hitting me a lot harder than it's hitting the two of you. It was hot, I had but three I didn't good like, pieces of it. I had a, yeah, and I, I had a big piece after... Actually, I I, had, ate, I ate my second big piece, and then Mike cut me another piece. Yeah, like it wasn't and I'm, for for uh, me, it wasn't like a whole mouth burn. It was just on the tip of my tongue, for the most part. And mm-hmm. then you get that like pit underneath your tongue where like a lot of saliva gathers. Yeah, and that was like just dipping my my dick into molten lava. Like that's <laughs> that's what that felt like. Sounds like a normal <laughs> Tuesday right. for me. Well, wow. other things that we did that were stupid. What did we get Ooh. wrong last week? Yeah. Okay. So uh, last week uh, we were talking in uh, Keegan Michael Key. Had nothing to do with the writing of Predator. He's okay. just he's just casting it. We thought that he wrote. Part I didn't. Of it. I didn't think he did. I just I I just threw that out there as a because you're dumb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. That's what this segment's uh, for. I was talking about a camera at some point in time, and I said that it was a uh, SDLR. No, it's a DSLR. <laughs> I'm just dumb. I didn't even catch that. Uh, I caught it, but I didn't. Correct, yeah. <laughs> People under the stairs was released in 1991, not 85, like you had said. I said 85. You did. You did, sir. 
Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, and then also, we were talking about when when, <clears throat> when we were discussing uh, Get Out, we were talking about how a stag was a racial like a racial slur. Oh, you were thinking of Black Buck. I was thinking of Black Buck. Yeah. And I haven't, uh, I'm going to read what I found here. In post-Reconstruction United States, a Black Buck was a racial slur used to describe a certain type of African-American men. In particular, it was a caricature used to describe black men who absolutely refused to bend to the law of white authority and were seen as irredeemingly violent, rude, and lesh. Huh. So, which, just to reiterate, we don't use that kind of language, and we never will. I do not. <laughs> we don't condone it, unless racist I was, can, unless racist unless, can fuck off. Unless <clears throat> I was up deer hunting, I literally saw a buck that happened was, to have a black coat. Who was black? I would call him a black. Check buck. out that black buck. Yeah, maybe not in that voice, racist. That was just my normal voice. I said, check out that black butt. That's my normal voice, Mike. Yeah, and it's a racist voice. Ah, oh, jeez. I got to work on that. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, and uh, that's it. That's it? That's it. That's all? That's it. Mm, it's time for the bleed feed. The bleed feed. That's right, folks, it's the Bleed Feed. If you want horror news that's really gonna razz your berries, well, you're in the right place, chum. Take it away, Charlie. Now I want pie. <laughs> Have you ever had a raspberry pie? No, but it sounds delightful. Can you make a raspberry I'm pie? Sure, it's fruit. Oh, yeah. It sounds, make anything out of that fruit. That sounds really good. Why has nobody ever done that? Make a home out of fruit. I don't know what that means, but... James and the Giant's Peach made a home out of fruit. Lots of news to cover this week. Um, we had mentioned, uh, I think a couple times in the, in the past, about how uh, Max Landis is remaking his father's classic, An American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we always assumed his, that... Uh, his father, the, Horatio Landis. Yes, Horatio Landis. As you all know. <laughs> uh, we always assumed that like John Landis was not going to let his son do a bad version of it, and this and that, and that he was behind it. Well, it turns out that's not really the case. Uh, Land- John Landis was giving an interview recently, and uh, he basically <clears throat> said, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I advised him not to do it. Really? He thinks his son's kind of setting himself up to be in a bad place to redo a film like this. And he wants it to be good. He goes, Max is a brilliant writer and this and that. So, you know, I, I have faith in his writing, but he just feels that he is putting himself in a bad spot for it and kind of told him not to do it. Well, it's, I mean, so, you're, yeah, you're, you're kind of, you're are big shoes to fill. Sure, sure. Know? Even John Landis knows it. Yeah. So it's like, like, listen, son. He goes, he actually said, he goes, well, I know it's not going to be as bad as American Werewolf in Paris because that was shit. <laughs> I loved that movie when I was like 15 I years old, man. I liked that movie when I was 15 because there was tits in it. Was there tits? There I were. Remember. I don't remember. It was like, well, that was one of the no, first. No, there was, but there was werewolf tits. There was six of them. Well, no, but there was real tits too. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I just remember when I was a kid, I'd watch that and I'd go, oh, yeah. I'm like, little, <laughs> little pre- prepubescent little me. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, because 15 year old Mike was still prepubescent. Oh, shut, <laughs> shut your mouth. 57 minutes and 43 seconds. Go, go, scene, go. <laughs> That's how I live my life, one nude scene at a time. Um, well, um, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just jump in because I, because I like it. Uh, have, did you guys see the, the the picture of David Harbor as Hellboy? Oh my God, yes. Oh my God, looks pretty damn good. He looks really good. He looks like a demonic version of Hellboy. Ron um, Perlman was because Ron Perlman <laughs> was more comic booky, like yeah, more, a little does. bit more animated. Whereas the David Harbor <clears throat> look, I'm looking at a picture of him right now. He looks like um. 
Like he almost has like the, the face of um, what's his name? Uh, uh, the Vigo the Carpathian a little bit from <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's got that kind of look on his face, and he's like really like like serious and mean looking. Well, Ron it's per- awesome. Ron Perlman's Hellboy actually. I mean, if you if you look at the the Hellboy comics, Ron Perlman's Hellboy actually looked a lot like the comic book. Sure. Now I'm, and somebody said today when you know they they posted the somebody posted the picture. On Twitter today, I forget who it was. I think Grave Plots, maybe Grave Plots podcast. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> they didn't break the story. <laughs> they didn't break the story. It's just their their picture is the one that I saw that, that they posted. And then somebody underneath it said, you know, with that much prosthetic, you're pretty much going to be able to make anybody look like Hellboy, which is true. He still but you can like... you can still see <laughs> David Harbor sure. under there, but it does it it looks and you an... could see Ron Perlman under his. Right. Yeah. But Ron Perlman looked a lot like the comic book version of True. Hellboy, True. and David Harbour looks like a badass. Looking at his face, still, his he's got like the long hair, like longer hair than Perlman had yeah. for sure. Uh, he looks like a minotaur, <laughs> a little bit, like a really evil-looking minotaur with his horns cut off. I don't know. That's what I'm getting out of it. But I like it a lot, though. I think he looks awesome. And yeah, it looks good. I have no reservations about this at all now i th- i think that um neil marshall is going to slay this movie i think it, it's gonna be great you know it, 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 his past work is amazing so that that wasn't ever a question but mm-hmm. like you know it was it was difficult at first to separate because we wanted that that del toro third hellboy movie so bad um that i think this came as a shock to a lot of people and the more that i'm reading about this this new hellboy reboot and seeing this picture now and just and, and the casting and you know it's it just I, I'm I'm in I'm in full boat. Uh, speaking speaking of Del Toro, real quick, we uh, we were talking the other day. Uh, um, the first reviews of the new Del Toro movie yeah. are coming out, yeah. and people are saying it's like a masterpiece. Oh yeah! Oh hell yeah! Like it's, it's, shape, his, shape it's of, his best shape, mo- shape of Water. Yeah, I believe it's called. Yeah. It's his best movie since Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth. Basically, yeah, they're so. basically saying it's it's his next epic. Right. Like <clears throat> just yeah. crazy. So pretty sweet. Uh, what else you got? All right, so. Uh, this is exciting. John Carpenter sat behind the director's chair again for the first time in a very long time to do a narrative yeah. in the form of a music video for the theme to Christine. Now, if you're if it's weird that he's doing a new music video for that, he's got a new uh, record coming out called John Carpenter Anthology, where him and the band that he tours with, his uh, his son and his nephew and the other guy, yep. they went into the studio and they re-recorded all of his classic <clears throat> themes. Oh, really? Yeah, cool. so it's not the old versions of these. They're all brand new recordings. More like rock versions? <clears throat> I don't know. I haven't or... heard any of them. I don't know if they're... Well, the Christine one sounds similar, but it's just them doing it. Probably a little bit more... Well, because we saw them live. I'm, they they would do the... Uh, they would they would do the, the themes from the movies. Sure. But, you know, like I, the, the, the old themes from the movies were very, very synth-heavy, and when they perform them live, they're still synth-heavy. Sure. But there's a lot more rock guitar and I, driving beats behind them and stuff like that. I haven't listened to the Christine score, though, in a long time, so I don't have them back-to-back to really compare. Yeah. So I, I can't tell you. I watched the video, but I can't I can't tell you comparatively. It sounds good, though. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Right on. Um, and I'm pissed because I'm thinking to myself, oh, I don't need to own this one because I want to get all the soundtracks anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, now I need to because it's brand new recordings, right? <laughs> yeah. I have to. Yep. Missed the uh, special editions, though. Sold out already in minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, yep. that makes sense. Yep. Uh, anyway, um, what else? Well, we just, uh, we actually just saw the, just a few minutes ago, you told me um, Tim Miller has been yes. officially announced as the Terminator 6 director. Yeah, pretty excited about that. I was bummed when he got, uh, when he left Deadpool 2. 
because I like Deadpool 1 so much. But yeah. it was creative, I think, clashing between him and Ryan Reynolds. And he ended up walking away it from it. It was between him and Reynolds, really? Yeah. Well, Reynolds is the main producer. And pretty much what, 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 what <clears throat> Reynolds wants, he gets. I mean, there's... Well, especially since he he embodies that character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm not saying that in like a dick so. way. I'm not saying that in a dick way. I think they both just had very different ideas of how they wanted the movie to go. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the studio is going to take Reynolds' side. Sure. They, they, they can't not. So. Right. so Tim Miller ended up walking away, which, you know, I was bummed out about it. But now that he's doing, you know, Terminator 6, I mean, sweet. I mean, the last Terminator movie was okay. So hopefully with Tim Miller behind it, I have a little more excitement about the franchise. I was going to say, I haven't seen the last Terminator movie, but I, I know some people who thought it was yeah. okay. I know some people who really hated it. It's it's one of those action movies where it's it's a turn your brain off, just enjoy the ride kind yeah, of action sure. movie. It, it, it's Which nothing that's special. Totally, that's fine with me. Sure. I, don't, I don't mind movies like sure. that. Um, well, Blood Drive. Yes. The Grindhouse style, <clears throat> Grindhouse style uh, episodic... Sci-fi show. Uh, sci-fi show has been officially canceled after one season due not to a, due to low ratings. Not a big shocker. No, it's not terribly surprising. I didn't even like in the horror community. I didn't hear a lot of chatter about it. I heard um, some people talking about it and saying that it was it was okay yeah, and that it, it did well. People did like it. Um, I think they well, knew from the, didn't do well. I think they knew from the ratings. get-go that it was that it was going to be a, a, a struggle to do more than one season. Um, and and I was reading an article earlier uh, with the uh, the creator, and he's like no hard feelings whatsoever. He realized that this project was crazy to begin with, and he's just happy that Sci-Fi took a shot and tried it. Yeah, for sure. And he's super excited about that, and he's happy that he got the chance to do it. They're not bitter or anything like I that. Think, like they're totally. I think the idea came a little it. late. Like if you would have done a grindhouse style, uh, like a ground a grindhouse style TV show back when. The Grindhouse movies Back came out. Back when the Grindhouse movies came out, and that, because that 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 aesthetic of the like the Grindhouse type, um, movie yeah. or show, sure, like it's a very it's a very specific kind of taste, you know. And I think when people were all hyped up about the Grindhouse movies back when they came out, if yeah. you would have done a show back then, people would have maybe, like, maybe, probably would have latched onto it a little the, harder. Uh, I watched the show for a bit. I didn't stick with it. Uh, it I kind of fell off. Honestly, yeah. it was it was there was a lot they threw at you, and it was I don't know. It was it was good for it. Was, they did they they succeeded in exactly what they wanted to do. I it just never really grabbed me. Yeah, I think I watched four or five episodes of it, and I just just kind of fell off of it. So whatever right happens with some shows. Um, okay, so this is a uh, this is a big one. This is a big one. Mm-hmm. We had a we had a certain movie open last Friday. Yes, uh, and it did terribly. Just, just so just, just bombed. awful. It only took in a hundred and twenty three dollars. That's it. Yeah. Oh no. Hundred and twenty three million dollars. Pretty, <laughs> pretty weak. Wow. Uh it <laughs> it in quotes. It crushed this fucking weekend. Yeah. It didn't just break records, it shattered them and left them in a trail of despair and Help me out here. I'm, what was I'm, the I'm, previous? <laughs> what was the previous record for a, a horror movie open? It was Annabelle, right? It was I, Annabelle Creation, set just a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Do you know I, what the actual number was? No, I can't remember. Um, uh, but I yeah, don't. it it came out. Uh, obviously, a ton of people went out to see it. We 
We still have not seen it. We haven't seen it, and I <laughs> I told Mike the other day because Mike texted me texted me and my wife and uh, and his roommate he added in this and he said can we just stop bullshitting and go see it already, and I explained to him that I. I am in a I'm in a blind rage because I haven't seen it yet <laughs> and I have no open weekend for the foreseeable future to go see it and because I'm of such I, a good friend that I'm waiting for you. <clears throat> I love I love my I love my friends to death and I want their happiness to doesn't be, wait for me. <laughs> I, I want their Asshole. happiness to be a priority in uh, in our in our lives. But if my friends could just stop getting married and stop having <laughs> shit going on with their weddings for just one fucking weekend so I can go see it, that would be beautiful. <laughs> Tell that me would, how you really feel. It would be a big help. No, I'm sorry. Like, I'm I'm pissed off about this. It's like every weekend for like the... And like I said, I love you guys. If you're listening, go ahead and get married. Have a ball. But just take a weekend off so that I can go see this movie that I've been waiting for for so long. On the bright side, though, we have some friends in Beyond the Void podcast who have seen it. Yes. And so if you want to hear some some stupid people like us talk about it... Oh, come on. What? Yeah, that was accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Love Love you guys. No, they did... uh, They they did a great great review on it. They did a great spoiler-free review. And then a spoiler-filled. And then a spoiler-filled review. I stopped listening... After the spoiler free. Right, yeah. I'm not going to go nope. listen to the spoiler And review, unlike us, so. they actually tell you when they're going to spoil something. Yes. <laughs> they are, they're very kind to their audience in that way. Which which brings me to a point here. We'll get back to the news in a minute. Which All brings right. me to a point, though. Let's declare right here and now yes. that we are a spoiler podcast. Yes. For the longest time, we tried to walk this line of being spoiler free, and we suck at it. Yeah. So let's just... Let's just Officially stated. If you listen to our show, there's going to be a lot of spoilers. That's just the way it is. It's, yeah. Well, yeah. no, we if we went to see it, I don't think we would. We're no, not going to spoil brand a brand new, movies, new movie. movie. But for anything else, yeah. how Get Out came out this year and we spoiled the absolute <laughs> hell out of it. Yeah, we totally did. <laughs> um, anyway, back to back to the news here. Yep. Um, so it shattered records. They had expected it to take in fifty million. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Like a week ago, they expected it to bring in fifty, uh, and then every single day from Thursday until Sunday. It was just blowing everybody's expectations out of the water. Mm-hmm. It went from 50 million to 80 million. To, oh my God, he made 117. And then by the time the weekend was over on Sunday, it was at 124. And that that's just mind-boggling. Yeah. Like, it's that's crazy. It's awesome. Um, so so huge ups to Blumhouse and um, or not Blumhouse. Did they? No, not Blumhouse. I'm reading my news here, and he's in the next article. Uh, to uh, uh, <laughs> Andy Machete. And, uh, and and all the crew, they they made a killer movie. Yeah, I don't even need to see it to know it. Like they they crushed it. So I did. Uh, I I've been so upset about the fact that I haven't seen the movie yet that I started listening to the book again on tape. Yeah, just because I needed something to hold me over. It's <laughs> <laughs> like an alcoholic. Like I just need something to. I'm just really like me. <laughs> no. The 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 miniseries was such a huge part of my childhood. Me and my friend Greg, we would rent it every single time we went to my aunt's house. I've explained this before. Yep. So I've seen that movie countless times, uh-huh. and it was such a huge part of my childhood. And then when I heard that they were doing a a, a remake, I lost my lost my mind. And I, you are am, currently doing it again. Yeah, I'm pissed at myself <laughs> that I haven't seen it. I'm even more pissed at all my friends and their happiness and their marriage and all that bullshit. Well, let's move on so that you don't <clears throat> get so. Uh, yeah, you let's know. do that because because my my blood pressure is <laughs> starting to go up. All right. Um. 
So speaking of, uh, we were talking about John Carpenter uh, a couple of stories before this. Um, speaking of the new Halloween, Jason Blum promises to the world that there will be a new Halloween on its release date of October like 18th or October whatever it is. 19th. 19th of next, of next year. year. He <clears throat> swears it and says that you can kill him if he's if it's wrong. Not and physically. I, and I will, because the new thing is to do death threats against people, true. if you oh, haven't yeah. heard. <laughs> people, like, Christ almighty. Yeah, people are, people are sending death... <clears throat> sorry, just to go off on a tangent real quick, because uh, why the hell not? That's the kind of show this is tonight. <laughs> people are sending death threats to... Or were sending death threats to... Uh, probably still are sending them. To Adam, Adam Wingard, who directed the new <clears throat> Death Note yep. uh, adaptation. It kind of... It fits. And death he, yeah. well, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna send you a death. Maybe note. they're all just being really meta, and they can't see the difference. Dude, that's so meta. <laughs> so he had to shut down his Twitter because yeah. people were sending fuck, him death fuck threats. You people, death threats over a movie. Like I don't, I'm sorry, I don't care if you're a fan of the source material. If you're sent, if you're going out of your way to send a death threat to a guy who is, like. They signed him on. They let him do what he was going to do. He expressed himself through the material in the way that he was going to do it. And if you don't like it, don't fucking watch it. It's not like they're they're acting as though this new movie erases all the old stuff from history. Right. It's, it's like, still no, there. Just don't watch it. Yeah. If you don't, don't like it, it, you don't like it. It's not even canon. Exactly. So it, it's not like it. It's not like it fucks with the with the, the canon mythology of the original anything. But you know the funny thing is the people who were sending him death threats will probably come back and watch the sequels. Probably. And then send him more death threats. Uh, guys, guys, I, guys, listen, chill out. Us, chill the fuck out. Us horror fans are a strange bunch. We are the nicest people in the entire world as far as uh, as far as fans go, I think. I think the horror community, by and large, is is amazing and fantastic and filled with some of the nicest people I've ever <clears> in my life. We're also home, though, to some of the biggest douchebags yeah. on the face of the earth. And this is just proof of the pudding. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just fun. Or, or it's fun. fun. It's fun. Fucking stupid. <laughs> and if you're one of those people, though, like, take a good hard look in the mirror and eat a ghost chili. <laughs> and then hate your life for a while. <laughs> for, about ten, for about ten minutes. Have a black licorice, because for some reason that, that uh, <laughs> stops your tongue from burning. Yeah. Because that's what we did. Uh, and, yeah, move, right. move on with your life. Yeah. Anyway. Right, what else you got? Uh, I just have a couple of Blu-ray releases. Okay. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, is coming out on December 5th on Blu-ray. It's a two-disc collector's edition. It comes with a big f- figure, doesn't it? Oh uh, well, that's that's kind of the the new news that they they came out with because it was you know it was coming out with uh, Sleigh Bells Ring, which is a story of Silent Night, Deadly Night, featuring a bunch of interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh dear, which is an interview with Linnea Quigley, uh, 80s scream queen, mm-hmm. a scream horror queen. Uh, Christmas in July, Silent Night, Deadly Night locations, then and now, audio commentary, all kinds of awesome stuff, and now they just came out with uh, the first 2,000 orders will come with a uh, NECA Billy figurine. That's cool. Or, or, or if, to- you're, uh, if you're into the collectibles like that, that's a really, really cool Action figure, thing, that's yeah. what I was looking for. So that's really cool. So if you're lucky enough to be one of those people who jumps on and gets one of the first 2,000, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, but they're going to go quick, I imagine. If you're a figure that doesn't have movable parts, are mm-hmm. you an in-action figure? I... <laughs> yes. 
I think that's what you call it. Um, uh, also, um, Night of the Living Dead Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. And digital. Uh, George A. Romero's cult classic returns for its 50th anniversary. This is the first official Blu-ray release. Blu-ray release. Yeah. Apparently, there was another Blu-ray well, release by some other... You, can you really say official? I don't know if it was official. Maybe this... Well, no, this is the first official. Well, I don't, that's what I'm saying, though. I, I think it's been on Blue before, though. I could be wrong. It, but, it was, but I don't know if that was... But being that it's public domain, though, what really constitutes as being official and non-official? Well, they're maybe calling, the, maybe well, the they're fact calling, that George Romero uh, signed off on it? Sure, maybe. I don't know. From yeah. the grave? I mean, it was in production before he died. Nope. <laughs> no. In classic style, in classic George A. Romero style, he did it from the grave, which right, is awesome. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah, so this is being put out by Mill Creek. It comes out on October 3rd. So cool. make sure you jump on and get that bad boy. Also, the much-awaited release of the Poughkeepsie tapes. We yes. talked about this a few weeks ago. It has a. It finally has a um, a destination, a final date. It's October 10th. A final destination. Final destination. <laughs> uh, October 10th, 2017 cool. comes out on Blu-ray. So sounds like a good time for us to do a found footage episode. Yeah, that sounds like a fantastic time. Mm-hmm. That means you have to go buy it. So we can watch it. No way! Fuck that! We're watching it on tape, like I have. Oh, do you have it? On I tape? have it on tape. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Do you oh, have yeah. anything else? Uh, I do. All right. So this is kind of sad because um, it's a mainstay. If you've ever been to any of the Universal uh, Studios parks, um, you've no doubtedly seen the Terminator Two 3D show. It was a staple in these Universal parks. Undoubtedly, I think is the. Um, undoubtedly, thank you very much. Um, so <clears throat> uh, at Universal Orlando, they're only talking about Orlando. I don't know about. Uh, Hollywood at this point, but uh, in Orlando they are closing the Terminator 2 3D live show, which is like, kind of sad. It's, it's like I said, it's a staple. Yeah, it's a staple. It, it didn't age as well as they used to feature it very heavily, like in all the Universal commercials yep. and stuff. You saw T1000s yep. long neck yep. reach out over the crowd. Yep, I remember that from when I was a kid. If you've never made it there and you're not going to make it there before it closes, um, you can go online, and the, the entire show is online. Uh, there's a video of it on YouTube. You can watch it just so you can see what's up with it. Uh, and it's cool. You know, it's a mix of 3D visuals with live action people on stage, and their their things come up from the sides, and machine guns shoot. It's 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 a really really cool thing. So it's kind of 4D in a way. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Yep. Um, almost 5D. <laughs> sure. I got 60 even. <laughs> I was gonna make a dick joke. All right. Do you have anything else before <laughs> I, we end? I'm gonna, this? I'm gonna keep going. Um, uh, actually, this is just the last thing. Um, the fourth Purge movie was announced, uh, entitled Purge the Island. And this is kind of cool because it's a bit of a prequel. It will chronicle, actually, it's kind of a prequel. Uh, it will chronicle the very first Purge film and talk about one of the things that people are always asked is if, you know, the Purge takes place in this, in this you know, certain part of the uh, country, why don't people just leave? And then they would never get killed. What? I thought the purge was countrywide. Well, leave, go to Canada, go so, like oh, whatever. You mean, you... Like just leave the area, go on vacation, go abroad, whatever. Sure, yeah. They, why? Why wouldn't people just leave? And then they Not everybody's die. got money to well, just jump on a plane whenever they, they want, Mike. The part of this movie uh, talks about that and how they basically um, uh, monetized it, and they offered people money to stay. And so for all these low-income people, poor people mm. that couldn't afford to leave and needed the money, right? They fell victim to it, and that's how the whole thing started. It's kind of a cool idea. It also, I really kind of dig it. It also, it's it's got a bit of a a social commentary in regards to wiping out the lower class. Absolutely, hundred percent. Because oh yeah, we'll give you money if you stay, but chances are you're not going to live through it because you're poor and you can't afford like these huge nice security uh, features that mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke was 
Uh-huh. Selling in the first one, so you're going to be picked off, and then the lower class isn't going to exist anymore. It's like it's like uh, that's you know, pretty fucked up. It's like in the army, a lot of the recruitment people they target low income areas, right? You know, yeah. or as Serge Tankian from System of a Down said, "Why do they always send the poor?" <laughs> yeah, that was the greatest. That was the greatest System of a Down reenactment you'll ever hear in your entire life. Just putting that out there. That <laughs> was the bleed feed. And those were the stories that made the cut. Boom! That was the news. I don't know what's going on right now. Um, a little, little, do- little Doppler <laughs> effect there. That was crazy. We're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the Wild Wild West and American Western things. Partner. Throughout this dulcy, faces ripped apart with hooks. A man slashing himself into a bloody pulp. And graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. I have a question for you, gentlemen. What's that? I have an Have you ever spent time in the American Wild West fighting a giant robotic spider? Twice. Twice. Just once for me. Please, please, describe. Well, you know, it was it was way out in the deepness of the American Wild Wild West, and there were these uh, there was this gigantic spider out there out in the west of Muskegon, Michigan, and I fought him. That was a dumb question, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, clearly, I don't know. The, the Wild West doesn't exist anymore, so clearly none of us have ever had an experience with it. Dude, yeah. I, I watch, I watch, I, I, lo- I, lo- I really love Western movies mm-hmm. and uh, Western horror. Forget about it, man. That's like, I, I, I like this new trend of like. Well, obviously, one of the movies we're talking about is not no, new, but yeah. uh, I kind of like this trend of Western horror movies. We've talked about it before. <laughs> and there's not an oversaturation of them. No, nice. there's, a, which is cool. And to me, there's something about. Like the, just the old West justice. That's mm-hmm. like so awesome. Like you know? Clint Eastwood style. Back exactly. In the day. Like if you had a problem with somebody, you just you step out into the street <laughs> and you shoot them. shoot at each other. I. I mean um, that still happens. Like. <laughs> a lot. Never mind. I'm not gonna talk about it. I, on the other hand, that was never into westerns. Really? Never was into them. That's wrong. Like growing up, I never watched them growing up or whatever. So I guess they were never really a part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never. It was never really a thing. Like I never watched any of the old Clint Eastwood ones. I've never. I've never seen Tombstone. Like Dude, I, I okay. know, I know. Some of these are classics, and I'm losing cred here. But like, I mean, I've, I've I just s- never. I was never exposed to them. I've seen some of the old Clint Eastwood ones. I've seen some of the old uh, John Wayne yep. ones. To me, I was more like I. I started getting into westerns when I was a little bit older, so it was like Tombstone. I really love uh, uh, the Quick and the Dead. Mm-hmm. That movie. Uh, who directed that movie? That was Quick and the Dead. Yeah. Uh, was it Raimi? Sam Raimi? I think it might have been. I yeah, think it was Sam Raimi. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, it, so I wasn't. I I liked the old westerns because it, you know like the Magnificent Seven and stuff like that. Because my, my grandpa would watch them. Yeah. But to me, like, I got more into those... More modern ones. Yeah, sort of the more modern... But Tombstone is, like, one of the most awesome I know. Western I've just, I've just never seen it. Vito was giving me shit about it last time. I brought it up to him, too. It's like, <laughs> that, whatever. Um, but, yeah, this I, I agree with you, though. The, this trend of there being uh, horror movies smashed together with Westerns, I think, is a beautiful marriage. Because they just work. Because the Old West is creepy to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's so desolate and nothingness and you can just like get killed in any any number of ways you know like whether it be like a a rival 
cowboy or you know the natives fighting you off their land or or whatever like there's just so many different ways you can die like it's it was, it was just a wasteland out yeah, there yeah you know? like i yeah that's kind of well, wasteland was, might not be the best term well, but like, sort of though of, like, like you were like if you were in town you were still isolated sure you know sure. these towns were little tiny towns but everything around you was just the and black and you know? really you put that type of mindset and mixed with horror movies with supernatural things it just makes it even worse it's like you're yeah. already you're already living in this little this little town of like 12 people mm-hmm. and now now you have a monster to deal with and oh the, sweet and the nearest <laughs> the nearest help is like a two days ride away or something if you're lucky <laughs> and you you have to send a horseman to like go find help mm-hmm. will they make it back who the hell knows you know it's like that's you could send a telegram i guess but uh even then it was days like days before you would get help so yep. i don't know I, yep. I think it's really cool i agree uh anyway so we're going to talk about three movies tonight the first movie we're going to talk about is called grim prairie tales um and to be honest i had never yeah, heard about neither had i this was uh this was a flick when i was uh, looking up some stuff for this episode there was another movie that i wanted to do and then i came across this one and i go "Ooh, it's an anthology movie we like anthologies, we do like anthologies. it's starring brad dorif and James Earl Jones doesn't get much better than that. I'm like, this is this is a no-brainer. I've never heard of this either, but I want to watch it now. So we kind of cold called this Sprinkle one. Sprinkle in some William Atherton in there, yep. and you're you're yep. good to go. Yep. Um, yeah, it just yeah. But uh, what do you think of it? Um, I I liked it. Okay. Uh, it. It's it's not really a horror movie. I I mean it's it it dances we, on the line. We were discussing this yesterday, and it was kind of like um, we actually took this in. In, in, in like two very different lights mm-hmm. like you you were kind of explaining to me how you're like well man not nothing there was like I didn't really think no that I didn't think that any of the stories packed a punch whatsoever like none of them really um did what I thought they were going to do right I think and I went into it expecting a certain thing and when I didn't get that I was like I don't want to say bored by it but like they all just sort of fell short to me, you know. Like it was like, like it was almost as if they were they were not written in a way that was very exciting, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, but then once we started talking about it a little bit, yeah, uh, I, I think a few things came to light for you, right? That changed your mind then, a little bit. Well, and also I I, I kind of uh, I kind of explained the way that you and I felt about it separately as the way that uh like brad duraf and james earl jones their characters viewed the stories that were that they were telling each other so basically you have um brad duraf playing this guy named farley he's uh he's a um a clerk Mm -hmm. um traveling across country and he's going to meet his wife in jacksonville Mm -hmm. and he's jacksonville jacksonville (laughs) and he, he sets up camp for the night he's out there alone and then all of a sudden, uh, from out of the darkness, uh, this this grizzled old bounty hunter mm-hmm. comes up and wants to know if he can set up camp with him. What are the oddest James Earl Jones roles? It really I've was. Ever it was seen. like it was such a huge departure from anything that he's ever mm-hmm. done before. Uh, <laughs> it was he like I said he was just grizzled. He had like really long hair. He was like spitting out chaw the whole time. Mm-hmm. I guess he was. Not spitting at what? Yeah. Spitting it? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he was spit. He was chewing, chewing, chewing and spitting the entire time. He always had like in the firelight. He always had like a little bit of glistening like spit, <laughs> drip, like dribbling down his chin, which was just awful mm-hmm. but awesome at the same time. And 
Uh, so James Earl Jones comes out of the darkness. Basically. Yeah, he 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 he's just kind of ribbing on on Farley the whole mm-hmm. time, and well, he Far- doesn't he doesn't know him. He comes out of the darkness and basically asks, "Can I camp with you for the night? Right? Can I can I sit, sit by your fire and camp with you? Right? And uh, and and he says, "Sure, whatever." He's he's kind of he he feels a little like suspect at at first. Farley does. Brad Dura, you're suspect. You're suspect. <laughs> So he feels a little apprehensive about inviting him to camp, but he says, yeah, whatever. And then uh, Morrison, James Earl Jones, just kind of starts in on, like, he's just saying all kinds of weird things. And it seems like he's trying to find out all kinds of personal information about Mm -hmm. Farley that Farley doesn't really want to give up to a stranger that's like, you know. Like, have you ever thrown a party at your house and then somebody invites their friend and their friend comes over and he's just like a giant dick? And he's, and he's like the, the uninvited guest that you want to leave. That was James Earl Jones. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, basically, they get to a point where James, James Earl Jones, uh, Morrison. Let's just mm-hmm. say their characters' names names from now on. Where Morrison asks Farley if he wants to hear a story, and so mm-hmm. Farley's intrigued. He tells him a story, and this is kind of where I thought that uh, the way that. The way that Morrison felt about the story that he told and the way that Farley perceived it is mm-hmm. kind of the way that Mike and I watch this movie as separate people because uh, he tells this story about a guy who um, he's traveling through an Indian burial ground. Yeah. And basically just disregards it, thinks there's nothing going to happen to him, and it's a shortcut, so he's going to go right through. Well, yeah, everybody always told him like you don't you don't take your horse through Indian yep. burial ground burial grounds, you don't desecrate that land, it's bad news, and he needs to make up time, so he goes through there, and he's it's really weird, like he's traveling through here and he sees all of these uh, Native Americans are they're not buried they're above ground like laying on these cots Uh he sees bodies in all different stages of decomposition just laying on these cots there's some skeletons there's some that kind of look mummified and then he comes across one or where he he looks it looks like a fresh body he's alive and it turns out that this guy's still alive and this story i'm not going to tell the whole story but basically this guy ends up sort of cursed in a way yeah and he falls asleep, and then he ends up being buried alive by other Native Americans, and like children are dancing on his grave and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was basically his punishment for right cutting through the graveyard. And when Morrison ends the story, Farley is not really scared by it. He's like intrigued with the deeper meaning behind it. He's mm-hmm. like, he's like, this is not just a story about a guy being buried alive. This is about an old timer who's like afraid of death and like well and, and why are there and why specifically did you tell me a story where children are dancing on his grave at the end yeah and morrison's just getting annoyed like it's he's like it's a story it's it is what it is i told you verbatim what the story is and farley's like no there's got to be more to like, it you're missing the point and yeah. so like when me, mike and i started talking about this like mike's like i don't know some some of the stories just fell short like why why was this like this and i was like well if you think about it in the way that Farley was viewing it like maybe some of these stories had a, a deeper meaning to them. Mm-hmm. They weren't just like on the surface type stories. Yeah, that was one of the things that was funny. The argument that I was making with you about why I didn't like it was actually the entire point that Farley was making to Morrison. And I Is was it, making the argument right yeah, back yeah, to it, you. It, it's kind of, it was kind of weird how that worked out. Um, and the rest of the stories from this point on though kind of followed that mold and I think that uh, Morrison started realizing as he was telling like the second story 
that it was more about that. And then when Farley told his story, it was definitely about that. And Morrison was totally intrigued in it or enthralled in the story. And like, it just kind of, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. it just, it kind of worked though. From that point on in the the movie, I get it now. I understand what it, what it means now. And I understand why they were told the way they were. Let's, let's just talk about the second story real quick. Cause it was ridiculous. (laughs) It was I. I saw something in this movie I've never seen before, and uh, and it was it was kind of a delight. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 jaw hit the floor. You when weren't it expecting that because right? we knew nothing about this movie. We didn't no. even under, like we didn't even think that. Oh, I've heard about this because of this. You know, like we never heard about it before. Yeah, which we're we're gonna. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's from it's twenty seven years old. So you, you know. Yeah. It's on YouTube. uh, It's on YouTube. It's kind of hard to watch because the the quality is terrible. It's a VHS rip. Uh, And the reason that that is like that is because this movie is unavailable on anything other than VHS. Uh, VHS and Laserdisc, but they're both out of print. Yeah, they went out of print very, very quickly after they came out. And it's it's never been on DVD. It's never been on Blu-ray. So there there are copies of it, though, on YouTube that they're watchable. They're hard to watch because they're a little grainy, but they are watchable. Yeah. I would actually. I, this this seems like the type of movie that at some point should be picked up for a, a Scream Factory release or something yeah, like that. You can yeah, see definitely. That. But <laughs> the second story, it's basically it's a real simple tale. It's like the this guy is uh, traveling cross country. He's going to meet up with his wife, uh, kind of like the first, or mm-hmm. kind of like uh, kind of like Farley in the in the overarching. He's not going to meet up with his wife. Yeah, he was going to meet his wife. Which is what made it so much worse that he was like he—he's cheating on his wife in this story, basically. Okay, I must—I must have missed that. I thought that he was just traveling. Yeah, no, he was—he okay. was traveling. He was going to meet up with his wife, and uh, and he comes across this woman who's just walking across the savanna by herself, and then he see—he gets up next to her and realizes she's pregnant. Yep. And and says, you know, why are you out here by yourself? Why, like, do you want to? camp with me do you want to travel with me i can get you to where yeah. you need to go he basically takes pity on her and tries to help he's just her trying out. to be a good guy yeah and uh and also the fact that she's pregnant he, she, this is like no place for her to be like she, she never knows who she's gonna run into out here so mm-hmm. he uh, he convinces her to travel with him and they set up camp and he wakes up at some point in the night and he's hearing like these weird noises <laughs> and <laughs> He looks over at her, and all of a sudden, like it's like her belly is grumbling. Mm-hmm. But he looks over at her, and she's kind of writhing around, almost in sort of a seductive yeah. way. But then, her baby belly is gone. Yeah, and she basically plays it off as though it was it was a fake belly. Like, I well, just... she pulls it out at one point. Uh, no, that was her underwear. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> See, when I first watched it, I thought that it was her underwear, but then when her baby bump disappeared, I thought, oh, maybe that's what that was. It was okay. hard to tell okay. because this was a really grainy rip. Yeah, but yeah. No, she she pulls off her underwear, and that's why he, like, turns over and looks away from her because mm-hmm. he's trying to be, like, a, you know, a good Christian guy. And then uh, at some point he wakes up and he hears these noises. He, he looks over and her baby belly's gone, and then she explains to him, like, I just had to make sure that you were the right type of guy like the t- kind of guy that i should be traveling with somebody who's not gonna uh harm me or anything like yeah. that and then she starts to kind of seduce him and he Goes falls for it. he falls for <laughs> it and he he climbs over and they start going at it and then like he reaches his uh his big moment <laughs> <laughs> and right at that moment you just see him let me say start it. let to, me say it let me say it yeah two words yes Vacuum 
vagina. Vag- well, I was going to go the opposite way with vagina vacuum, oh, but well, well, it's, <laughs> it's just as effective either way. She literally just... There's the, I'm trying to think of... What's the movie where the dude just gets folded in half? Oh, The Blob. Okay. Uh, there's a scene in The Blob where this guy gets... Uh, I think he gets pulled maybe into a... Where does he get pulled into? I don't know. No, no, no. You know what I'm thinking of? There's a scene in The Blob where the guy gets pulled down the drain, which is an awesome scene, by the way. But the other thing is, we just watched Mimic, and remember, <laughs> remember that kid's, uh, that that priest gets pulled. Oh, yes, He gets yes. bent in half backwards and pulled into the drain. Kind of the same thing, except for this guy is basically, like, getting just the life drained out of him and also his physical being drained all at the same time, and she sucks his entire body into her vagina you know the scene and then she looks like she's pregnant again yeah you know the scene at the end of um the first nightmare on elm street where the mother gets sucked that little tiny hole in the the door that's kind of what it reminded me of (laughs) like just like this like lifeless dummy being pulled into it looked pretty good though it did it it did look good it looked it was an effective practical well effect it was probably more effective because of the greenness of vhs which is why i like vhs sometimes because it can hide it hides the hides the flaws yeah um but it was so unexpected like I, it happened i'd pause and go what did i just watch like holy shit it was such a pleasant surprise it was that's probably the that's probably the story that we'll go into most detail about yeah. because that one was just ridiculous but um so then, then they, she, yeah. So that, yeah. So then she looks pregnant again, and then the cycle restarts. She's gonna start traveling, like, walking across the savanna again, mm-hmm. waiting for some other sucker to come up and like offer her help. Yep. And uh, so then they go back to the, they go back to the uh, overarching story, or the the wraparound story rather. Uh, to me, uh, there are two other tales that we could talk about, mm-hmm. but to me, the wraparound story was the best part of the I, entire. Yeah, thing. I completely agree. I was say we don't need to necessarily get into the other two crazy in depth or anything like that. Um, no, I, I didn't like the third one. I'll say that before we get to the wraparound story, I thought the third one was the weakest of the bunch. Um, the one that Farley ends up telling to Morrison. Yes, yes. So Farley ends up telling Morrison a story. Uh, long story short, it's these, these people. This are, is the one starring William Atherton. Yes. Yeah. Um, I always thought his name was. Gregory Peck for some reason. Gregory Peck is like an old an old actor. Well, from Peck though was his name. last name in Ghostbusters. Oh yeah. I always thought that was his real name for some reason. I don't know why. I was looking him up because I thought that's who it was. I'm like Peck, but where is this guy? No, Greg, Gregory Peck's from like the old uh, something like the like the fifties and sixties. Nah, well, well, it's old west. <laughs> not old west though. He was like an old like a gentleman. Um, well, anyway, this movie, like, I, I did not like this one. Uh, the, the, the very quick rundown, a family goes to the frontier. They find a patch of land where they want to build a house. The guys show up, take the dad away, and they and he ends up being part of a lynch mob. Right. And they're beating a guy on a tree. And the daughter doesn't know how to handle it. It's pretty um, It's pretty graphic, too, it is, actually. It like, is. The, it is the graphic. Guy is, the guy is, was he cut in half? I think so, yeah. He was cut in half. Uh, I was about to call him Gregory Peck. <laughs> William Atherton is beating him with a two by four. Yeah, and they're burning and, then, and they're burning a tree that has this. So it was a black guy hanging there, and uh, and his wife and his son are attached to the tree that they are burning down. Yeah, and it's a pretty heavy scene. And his daughter followed him and ends up seeing it. And I guess the horror comes in the fact that the daughter turned a blind eye to it and loved loved her father anyway. I guess that's kind of the horror of it at the end. Um, I, to me, though, like 
I understand that the, the, the stories don't need a whole lot of expose. I thought that it needed a little more, though, because it just kind of ended. And it was like, wait, wait, what? Like, wh- Well, that was kind of like you you thought, like, why why is this? This isn't horror. Why yeah, is this? yeah. But then I was like, do you think for a... Do you think for a person living, for a black person living in America back then and even now, even after that and even now, like it's not a horrifying and concept I understand that, that they I, might be. Yeah, I, and I do be, get that. I do get that. I just, I just think it could have been executed a little bit better is, is, is my personal opinion. I think ex- execution wise, this was my least favorite story. It wrapped up really fast. Yeah. But I think it was like, a, it was a hard left turn and then it was over. Right. So like that, I, that was my, like I, like I, th- like I, like I, I think I said yesterday to you, it was the horror came in the idea that the daughter had to either make a choice between. Uh, so def- much for not de- talking about this movie. <laughs> defying her father in his actions or just remaining complacent, and she decided to remain yeah. complacent, which is horrifying in its own right because that's how a lot of people mm-hmm. choose to be in society. Yep. So it's pretty. It is pretty horrific on like a. Yeah, and I get it. I get it. Like I said, level. I just I just think it could have been done better. That's all. Yeah. Um, then the fourth story uh, is uh, gunslingers. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, we're, yeah, just we're, talking we're, about we're just going to do stories, it. Whatever. Do it. We can't help ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the last one, well, because I actually like the last one. Uh, the gunslinger story. It's about uh, this really prim and proper guy in the old west or whatever. You know, he's very nice clothes, clean shave. Like he's he's very much. Oh, was he clean shaven? Yes. Okay. Um, very well groomed, well put together guy. Uh, master guns, guns, uh, gunsmith. If you gunsmith, gunslinger. Gunslinger. And he's uh, and he is slinging his gun up against uh, a Mexican. And you gave me a look as though I said something wrong. No. No, he was. I'm saying he was Mexican. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I was just looking at you. Um, and basically the story is the story is this: they have a duel, and the prim and proper guy does end up winning. However, he gives off, you explained, and you had explained this to me because I, I honestly didn't see it at first. He's very, he, he acts as though he doesn't look at what he's doing as killing because he does it so efficiently. Well, Morrison even says this in his, in his uh, narration before the, before the short. He says, the way this guy, he was such an um, efficient killer mm-hmm. that it, it just felt like a... It felt like a, a job to him. Like he never really viewed what he was doing as killing. Like he just went in, he shot one bullet, everything was away, over. Everything he was walked fine. away, and that was that was it. But this particular duel doesn't go the way that the other duels usually go. And this uh, guy that he's fighting ends up getting shot in the neck, and then he charges after him, and he just starts spilling blood all, all over him. Like he's on top of of the. Prim, prim and proper guy just yeah. spilling buckets of blood on his face and on right. his body making him total me was hot <laughs> <laughs> so sexy and and so from from that point like he it's he's suddenly haunted by this and we it's we even like, talked like, about like, like, the job wasn't done clean and now it hit him what the job actually he is he suddenly realized he's like doing. Oh, he suddenly realized like I'm I'm killing people yeah. like I'm causing people harm he finally saw the dirty gross side of what he was doing right and then he just couldn't let it go and it comes it comes out as though he's being haunted by this guy that he Mm -hmm. shot but i i kind of thought that uh it wasn't so much like a like an actual ghostly haunting as it was was just like a like a haunting of his mind yes yes and his guilt basically made him do whatever it is that he does at the end of the movie with a razor blade right (laughs) 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 which he it 
the way they play it out, it makes it look like it's the ghost of the guy that he shot actually holding his hand over the gunslinger's hand and slicing his throat but, with a razor blade. But in the mirror. And so there's really no one there though when you're looking at the guy right. on the other side of the mirror. Right. So the way that I took it was is this guy just, he was yeah. so haunted by what he had just done that he ends up, like, not voluntarily killing himself, but it's almost like this overwhelming yeah. Uh, urge to like he had to right like, like he had to like cleanse himself yeah. almost or something um so those are the those are the four stories <laughs> let's get back to the wraparound story because yeah. this was hands down easily the best part of the of the entire movie mm -hmm. um brad dorif and james earl jones are are even in this little low budget anthology movie they're both so fun to watch oh, they're so good so yeah. fun to watch and and it's, it gives credence to just how good and and why both of them are still you see Brad Dorf in, in any movie and you go sweet there's going to be a fantastic performance or at least a great character yeah that's what Brad Dorf does well, James Earl Jones that booming voice that everything you know what you're gonna get and even back in 1990 when I think both like people knew who they were obviously but like this tiny little movie you didn't know what you're going to expect right and it was still amazing you know yeah yeah I I, like you said, James Earl Jones, he's gonna. You, you're never surprised with a good performance from him. Mm -hmm. And Brad Dourif, I don't think he get like. People know him so much as he's Chucky, you know, but I I don't think people give him enough credit for the amazing actor that he actually is. Oh you know? sure. So. He also uh, channeled his his inner Mark Hamill in this movie. Young <laughs> young Brad Dourif sounds identical. To young Mark Hamill, you said this to me yesterday. Identical. I have to, I have to go back and like listen to it again. Oh but I think God. you might I be right. Actually. Once I noticed, it, I couldn't get it out of my head. All <laughs> I was hearing was Luke Skywalker spinning these tales. <laughs> That's all I heard. I think it's just because, like, he he was in this movie. He was kind of he had he's kind of nasally and sort of whiny the whole time. And let's like, be honest, Luke Skywalker is kind of whiny. Sure, sure. The part that kept sticking my head is, I was going to go to Pies and get some power converters. Like, like <laughs> I, all I heard was that. And, I, and I'm listening to Brad Dorff walk, uh, walk away from the campfire going, no, the story's so much more about this. It's like, <laughs> it sounds exactly like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, but no, the uh, what I loved about this movie, my favorite part about this flick is the fact that they sort of break the fourth wall without breaking the fourth wall. And that after the first uh, story, mm -hmm. when, and we mentioned this already, how James Earl Jones is saying, like, like, uh, like this was this was, this was was the story, word for word, as I was told, as I remember it, that this is the story. Yeah. And and Farley kept, he keeps saying that, no, there's more to it, there's more to it. It's almost like the, the writer is telling the audience, these movies are not about overt horror, they're about what's under the surface mm -hmm. and what is and what's under it. Yeah. They're telling the audience how to view these stories without actually breaking the fourth wall. And yet you didn't. And I, and I didn't. <laughs> I get it now. I get it now in retrospect, but at the time I didn't get it. Um, but looking back on it, though, I, I, I think about that and I go, oh, it's genius. Mm -hmm. That really is genius. Yeah, man. To like basically herd your audience in a way of thinking for the rest of the movie. And the fact that they do that right after the first story kind of tells me that it was completely intentional mm -hmm. because you're you're prepping the audience for the three stories to come right you know yeah um and as far as i know this was the only movie that uh this was directed by wayne co wayne co yep this was the only movie he ever he, directed if, he's a he's a storyboard uh, artist right if he's a storyboard, storyboard artist and 
and not oh uh, a set decorator. Okay. I, I knew about the storyboard part. But. He's he's worked on a ton of movies. This is just the only one that he ever directed. Mm-hmm. And he wrote it. So, yep. Um, uh, he was going to do a uh, sequel to it at one point in time as well. Yeah. Uh, it was going to be called like Rescue Tales or something like that. Uh, Rescue Party. Res- that's it. That's it. Uh, uh, Grim, Grim Prairie, Prairie Tales, Tales Rescue, Rescue Party. Party. Yeah. I would have I would have watched the uh, a sequel to this. Yeah, for sure. It would have been good. Uh, let's move on because sure. we've been talking about this one for a long time. <laughs> Uh, the next movie we're going to talk about is from 2008. It's called The Burrowers. Yes. Love uh, this movie. In the Wild West, a rescue party sets out to find a family of settlers that has vanished from their home under mysterious circumstances. Yeah. This was... Uh, Mike talked about this a while ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was back when we would do our, like, What We Watched Yes. Yes. It was segment. part of a What We Watched segment. Uh, uh, this, was, to do. this was directed by J.T. Petty, mm-hmm. who... Uh, <laughs> actually, the same day that you talked about this i had watched his first movie that he ever made which was like his college project the, uh, no no uh, uh it was called um soft for the digging oh okay and oh, I, remember, yeah, I remember you telling me about that that's uh and by the way the the name of the the name of the movie that you just said it, it's that's the man or... it's sandman oh god i'm an idiot i knew that <laughs> i knew that and uh i've seen the movie too I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the the movie we're talking about is the reason there's a little confusion is because it's 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 spelled S ampersand M A N yeah and it's pronounced Sandman and it's this really bizarre. It's, it, it's a, it, it it's plays a documentary. It plays like... out like a documentary and it's about people who do fake snuff films, mm-hmm. but then halfway through the movie you start to get the feeling that uh, well well, first of all like delves into the lives of these people who some of them are really fucked up you're following this particular director and you kind of get the idea that things are not as that maybe see. he's actually killing yeah, people yeah. Not, like I'm, yeah we shouldn't give too much no, about no, that it's a really i would actually good suggest movie. that yeah. movie that's a really cool movie but that's yep. not what we're talking about we're he talking also, about the burrowers he also did another movie called hellbenders with clancy brown Hellbenders. They're about a bunch of priests that work outside of the the laws of the church and to like fight demons. I think I've not seen it, so I can't speak too much on it. But it always looked really good, and I want to watch it now. I feel like I have seen that. Was that? Uh, um, oh no, I I haven't seen this. I actually uh, it's because uh, what the hell's his name? Clifton Collins Jr. Yes, isn't it? he's in it. Yep. I wanted to watch that for one of our episodes, and we ended up not watching. Oh, okay. It. Anyway. Yeah. Let's get back to Burrowers. <laughs> the Brewers. Um, so, yeah, I'm 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 glad that I finally got around to watching this because Mike saying it's, it's crazy back when he it's watched it, and it's it's surprising. Like I, when he described it to me the first time he watched it, I was expecting like a really low budget like B movie, and uh, it's not at all. No, it's not. It like it looks really nice. It's a really it's good well cinematography acted. in it too. <laughs> it's uh, it was it was a good movie. It was mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, it? Well, speaking of the acting or whatever, uh, starring Clancy Brown. Mm-hmm. Clancy Brown's great in everything he does. I don't know there's... He's one of those character actors that, like, you cast him, solid choice. Mostly SpongeBob, but, yeah. He's... There you go. <laughs> um, so you have Clancy Brown that played uh, John Clay. Uh, William Mepother, I think that's how you say his name, uh, plays William Parcher, who's one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of the main characters is an Irishman named uh, Fergus Coffey. Played by Carl Geary. Fergus Coffee. Fergus Coffee. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you, then you have the, my favorite character of the entire movie is the uh, the cavalry leader, if you will. That's your favorite. I love. I no. The, just the character. I love. I love the way 
that Doug Hutchinson played the character of Henry Victor. Mm -hmm. I, I, he's just such a dick and an asshole and like a piece of shit, mm -hmm. but he portrays the character so well that you just love to hate him. You he's, know, he's, um, he, uh, as soon as I saw him on screen, I was like, oh man, who is that? He looks so familiar. First of all, when he first rolls up on horseback, like I knew it wasn't Val Kilmer, mm -hmm. but he looks so much like, uh, Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday in Tombstone. Yeah. I was like, who the hell is that? It looks like, he looks like a, a very small guy trying mm -hmm. to play Val Kilmer. <laughs> and then I realized who it was. Doug Hutchinson, I, I know him best from, uh, um, the Green Mile. Mm -hmm. He plays Percy Wetmore in the Green Mile, and he's just—he's the—he—I—I I get the feeling that he—I—I I need to look into his uh, filmography a little more, but I get the feeling that he plays this type of character a lot, where you're just supposed to fucking hate him. It because that's how he is in Green Mile. That's how he is in this movie. It just dawned on me—is he the actor that married that sixteen-year-old girl? Oh, I think he is. Is that yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. shit. It just dawned on me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, he married... It was, it was in the papers a lot because it was such a fucked up thing. Yeah. Like, the girl's parents signed off on it, so it was technically legal, but it was, like, the weirdest fucking thing. He's, like, in his 40s. Yes. And he married a 16-year-old girl. Yep. Yep, that's him. And I think... Ooh, <laughs> so weird. And he's from Detroit, so... <laughs> ah, well, actually, that makes uh, some sense. <laughs> Gross. Uh, okay, so also to round out the cast, you have uh, Sean Patrick Thomas who played uh, Callahan. Mm -hmm. uh, he was the the cook for the uh, the the cavalry, if you will. Yeah. And then he Callahan. He, they call the uh, they what, what do they Wal call uh, a walnut. walnut? Yeah, they yep. call him walnut in the yep. movie. Um, um, and then uh, Jocelyn Donahue, who uh, was one of one of our little low budget favorites uh, from House of the Devil. House of the Devil, and she was in uh, Holidays as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She was in the Father's Day. Which she's fantastic. She had a small role in this movie. Uh, she just played the the wife that went missing, basically right. that kicked off the rest of the story. Yeah. Um. But uh, but she was good. Looked good. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, no, this the, it was a cool movie though. Basically, uh, we didn't even get into yes. what it's about, but essentially you have the, it's, the Wild West Rescue Party sets out to find a family of I already, settlers. I, no, I already I already read the synopsis, but we didn't talk about what it's actually about i wasn't paying attention to you <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> um it's kind of like how did you describe it to me it's like it's like tremors meets uh tremors mixed with a little bit of dances with wolves <laughs> that is mixed with a little bit of um the descent yeah that's the best way that you can that's the best way you can describe it sure I don't you know? know if it's the best way, but it's it's my best way. It's a it's Mike's best way. <laughs> no, it's I'm it, not wrong though. It's a creature feature. It's mm -hmm. a it's about uh, you know the this this family is uh, some of them are killed and some of them are uh, abducted mm -hmm. and they you, can't figure out they 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 basically think a a, a, a group of Native Americans abducted them. Mm -hmm. So they're on this cross country trek trying to find. Trying to find who abducted yeah. them. They and think it's, it's the Sioux, because uh, the Sioux Indians are on are around there, and so they keep they keep wanting to go to the Sioux because Doug, Doug Hutchinson's character hates Indians, mm -hmm. and and he won't he'll, he'll blame the Indians on anything, and he just I mean it was the Sioux they did it, and yeah. that's and that's it. However, the rest of the guys he's a fan of he's a he's a small man, so he you know he's obviously uh, 
trying to make up for something. <laughs> oh yeah, Napoleon he, complex to the max. And he likes to torture, and he likes to kill, and yep. he, he uh, he's just a now, piece of shit. Basically, now you have uh, you have um, Fergus Coffee was working on marrying the girl that went missing. He was courting so he her. Has, yes, so he has a vested interest in this. Clancy Brown is on his side of all this, mm-hmm. and as is um, William Parcher, the one of the other. Uh, uh, leads. I don't know how did he come into the story. He was he kind of just came in as a guy that they went to go get when all this went down. Well, he's he's the guy who like he's seen it all. He's traveled cross country. Okay. He's been in gunfights. He's he's okay. stood okay. off against pretty much everything that you very can stand worldly. off against. He is very worldly. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And just a total badass. And uh, so and, these and three... he's courting uh, this young man's uh... penis. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> No, he's courting this young man's uh, uh, mother. Yes. So then he ends up on the expedition, That's right. That's and, right. That's and the right. young man ends up on the expedition right. as well. So, so they they end up like hooking up though with um, Henry Victor though and his cavalry basically, and they go out and they realize pretty soon that Henry Victor doesn't exactly have an idea of what he's doing, and like there's there, you no, see these his, weird holes in the ground. He basically just wants to travel cross country and torture and kill as many yes. Indians as he can. Whereas, whereas our party, they keep seeing these weird holes in the ground. They know that something ain't right, and they're not following the clues they should be, so they break off from the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very short time later, Callahan Walnut joins them. So then you have this, this basically this ragtag group that goes out on their own to try to figure out what is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically, that's that's really where the story kicks off, I think, is, yeah. at, is, at, is at that point. Yeah. And then you basically just uh, I, I, we won't we won't give everything away about this movie, but you you uh, you learn more about the creatures and how they operate mm-hmm. and why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a lot to do with the white man coming in and killing all the buffalo the and stuff like that. Man. The fucking white people. We are the we are the we worst. are the literal worst. Yep. And uh, I'll be honest with you, this uh, I. I don't know if I want to give this away. I, I'm just gonna say I was completely thrown for a loop by the end of this movie. Yeah. Like, I want to compare it to the movie that you compared it to. Oh, the descent. No. No, which one? The ending. The yeah. style of the ending. Which 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 one did I? Well, if I say to? it, then it's gonna give it all away. You all right, got, fair. I, spoilers right here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mike compared the ending. He said the ending makes me think of. Night of the Living Dead. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Well, for a specific reason, but I'm not going to get into that. Uh, watch the movie; you'll figure out. I think why I'm why I'll say that. It's a very let's just let's just leave it at the fact that it's a very downer ending. <laughs> it is it's a, a down- very downer ending, and nothing really pans out the way you wanted to. <laughs> well, I could I could see the timestamp on your on your because you have your Blu-ray set up, and then but then on your sound system, you can see the like the time ticker. Mm-hmm. And this movie's an hour and 36 minutes long, and there was an hour and 26, we were an hour 26 into it, and I go, geez, they're really going to have to, like, tie up a lot of loose ends in the last 10 minutes here, and then it just goes, what the fuck, (laughs) what? No, it doesn't. Whoa. But it still ends fine. I'm actually okay with the ending. No, I like the ending. I like it. I like the ending, those, but it's, it's it's because you don't. It's yeah, not. A, it's not a happy it, sunshine it's ending. Of, it's one of those things where it's like, listen, we're just telling you a story. We never told you that's got a happy ending. Right. That's what I like. Stop I, expecting it. Basically, no, I, you know? I like endings like that because nowadays everybody, 
you know, nowadays they... Uh, Everybody has to come up smelling like roses at the end. Well, yeah. Nowadays they do, you know, like a like a big budget Hollywood movie. They go, like, they might film one ending and then they'll go test it with test audiences. And the mm-hmm. test audience goes, I don't like it because I didn't feel like rainbows at the end. And then they'll <laughs> change the ending. And it's like, no, fuck that. Just go with... Go with what you originally wrote. Molly if, Simpson needs to fart rainbows, damn it! <laughs> and if it's and if it's a fucking downer at the end, let it yeah, be a downer. I completely agree. With this you. is the horror genre. Mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm. not supposed to all be kittens and rainbows. Mm-hmm. Let I it be a downer. I completely agree with you. And the ending of this movie is a downer. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, the way that the, the way th- there are certain characters in this movie that you do not expect to. Let's be honest. People die in this movie. Yeah. There is a couple of characters in particular that you just don't expect to go the way they go to, and it's like a really big shock to oh, the system. Yeah. Like, it, it all oh, ties whoa, in. Whoa, whoa, what? Would that just what? Holy shit! It all ties <laughs> into that last ten minutes where you're just like, holy fuck! Like, yeah, it's, this is it's this is not a pleasant okay, ending. <laughs> let's switch gears here. Yeah. What did you think of the creatures? Um, I was not a huge fan of the creatures. Really. No, oh, well, okay. We we did watch the we watched the special uh, the 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 special features, sure. and there were three versions, actually four versions of the creature. There was um, there was animatronic, mm-hmm. there was puppet, mm-hmm. there was miniature, mm-hmm. and then there were um, uh, like actual physical creatures with uh, with um, actors inside. That, you said moving. three. There's four. Yeah, I just said I said three, and then I said actually there were oh, four. Oh, oh, sorry. The the creatures with the actual people inside, I didn't like the way they looked. I agree. You could tell a difference between the they animatronic and the puppets. Like to me, the animatronic and the puppets, they should have just stuck with those yeah, because it, that's that's those were the best I versions get of them. Why they did what they did? Yeah, it just it didn't blend as well as the other ones did. I think. Well, they even they even described like one of the actors who was in the costume described some of the uh, the limitations of the movements mm-hmm. inside the suit and you could see that on screen. Yeah. You know? And it, it had to do with the way the back legs moved. Yes. Well the back legs were just kind of there. Like they were like, on the on the, the people puppets. Like right. they were just kind of like there. They didn't move a lot. They were like just foam pieces. Right. And so they wobbled a b- little bit. The creatures kind of look like um, a cross between the creatures from the descent and grasshopper. I was gonna say like a giant. Because cricket. they have those, those, they have those back legs that go straight up and then down. That they're backwards, like the like the aliens in Arrival. I was gonna say picture aliens from the Arrival, except walking on all fours yeah, with like the yeah. backwards bending knees. I I didn't mind them. I thought that it was a cool idea, especially because when they're going through the tall grasses in the, in the fields, you just see those legs sticking up through it. See, kind of like when, you like see when, them a, lion, when like, a lion's running after you or they're crouching down, you see those shoulder blades right, popping you, up out of the exactly. grass. When you see I them like as, that. When you see them as blurred figures in the background of shots, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It's just once they finally came out in the open, you, you really got a good look at them. I didn't like them that much. Yeah, their, their faces looked a little bit to be desired, I thought. They yeah. kind of look like a butthole. They did. It's a very angry butthole. <laughs> like yours is going to be tomorrow because of the ghost chili. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it will. Um, no, I, I thought that they could have, it could have been developed a little bit more. I will, I'll give that to it. Um, that being said, though, I thought they were, I thought they were fine. They're creepy. They yeah. were. Well, it's, like you when, said, it was a cool idea, especially when, with it being out on the prairie, like the idea of it kind of having like a grasshopper look yeah. to it. Yeah. Was, was very cool, but one of the actors in the, in the behind the scenes had the greatest story about um, his his uh, 
but him getting attacked by one of these monsters. Talking about the kid. Yeah. Like the, the the kid that gets like rustled into this group and he's he's You have this woman and she's got these weird monster claws on. You got all these people around you and you're on your back and she's basically straddling you and then you have like this this shit that hits you in the face. He's like, 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 he's like, he's like, he's like, I basically looked like I was covered in jizz, like monster jizz. And (laughs) (laughs) he's like, it's, it's like I was part of a porno that I didn't sign up for. (laughs) It was the greatest, like, just, I guess. It was a good interview because he was just being completely, like, everybody tries to be a little bit proper and he's just like, nah, fuck it. No, no, no. He's but, like, um, he's like, he's like, whatever. This is this is cool. It's better than waiting tables. So, <laughs> here's a, a fun fact. So before we wrap this movie up, here's a fun fact. Uh, J T. Petty was an extra in Jeremy Saulnier's murder party. Oh, really? Weird. Why? We like Jeremy Saulnier a lot, so it's just kind of weird. Why is that weird though? Maybe they're just, buddies. This is weird that they cross paths and whatever. That is a weird. lot of movies that we talk about. They always it's like seven degrees of. A separation you know like everybody's connected to everybody in some way shape or form and this is just another example of it i thought it was cool that is weird God, fuck you, that is really really you're weird. such a dick <laughs> all right let's talk about quit this. the show let's talk about this last movie <laughs> all right um bone tom hawk the end <laughs> no, no, no 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 i'd like to actually talk about this movie thank ah, you shit all right bone tomahawk <laughs> from 2015 Four men set out in the Wild West to rescue a group of captives from cannibalistic cave dwellers. Way to give away the ending. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love this movie. Oh, dude, this movie is so I love this movie so much. It was, when we first watched this, uh, it was a couple years ago, maybe? I think Uh, when we first watched it. Well, it came out in 2015, so I think we actually saw it in 2016 sometime. So Mm -hmm. it it was probably like a year and a half ago that we saw it or something like that. Dude. What an awesome movie! It, it it really is. It blew my mind the first time I saw it because it was this is the this is one of the first movies that really solidified the idea that westerns and horror movies can can live together. Well, neither we hadn't heard of it. You came to me one day and you're you're like you're like, dude, Kurt Russell is in a western horror movie. Mm-hmm. I go, what? No, he's That's not. Great. You go, yes, he is. It's called Bone Tomahawk. Yep. I was like, all right, let's. And some people have said this movie's not horror. Yes, it is. I don't I, care. I don't. I don't. It, actually, I don't care who you are. If you disagree, you're wrong. Oh no, it's this is totally movie. a horror movie. Yeah, it's, it's some pretty frightening shit in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, so it starts off. It starts off with a little bit of a little bit of horror essence, a little seasoning, mm-hmm. and then it and then seasoning. it and then it and then it boils down into more of a western, like a you know a cross-country trek Mm -hmm. for a little while Mm -hmm. and then jumps right back into the horror like granted most of the horror takes place in the last like 15 20 minutes of the movie but it's still a horror movie but this movie boasts one of the most terrifying sounds yes to come out of a horror movie in a long time I ex- oh my god! I accidentally like there was I I wanted to rewatch a scene from this oh it was when we were doing our top ten kills mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, oh the split right that was yours yeah we'll we'll get to that oh, we, there's shit. there's a kill in this movie that I I put in one of my top ten kills on that episode and oh uh, hey, real quick can you reach over there and grab a cowboy by the thick end and give it to me <laughs> <laughs> there you go partner <laughs> um. So I uh, no I, I I put I put this kill from this movie into my top ten kills, but um, 
I was rewatching that scene mm-hmm. with headphones in, and I had it turned oh. up kind of loud because it's kind of a quiet scene until that sound effect happens. And I literally, like, I pulled, I pulled my fucking, I pulled yep. my buds out of my ears as you pulled fast. Pulled my butts out pu- of my, ears. my buds. I pulled my earbuds out of my ears so fast because I. I forgot like how frightening that sound is that 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 one dude makes. Um, let's should we explain the sounds real quick or should well, we just get to that later? Let's get to that later. Let's, okay. We have a protocol here, James. Well, n- not really. <laughs> Since when? <laughs> All right. So so yeah. Uh, basically, what what happens is you have uh, this small town of uh, Bright Hope. Mm-hmm. Small town of Bright Hope. Uh, Kurt Russell plays Sheriff Hunt. And does Kurt Russell just like look well, just so natural with like a giant? If I could find a woman that giant had a beard as beard. good as Kurt Russell's yeah. facial hair was, it'd be perfect. Oh, oh, are <laughs> you did, kidding me? <laughs> I'm I'm convinced that because when did uh, what the hell was that um, Tarantino movie? Oh, uh, Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight that came out after this, right? I think so. Yeah. I'm convinced that Kurt Russell got that role just because of how good he looks with. Uh, his giant sheriff beard and mustache in this movie. (laughs) It is entirely possible. Well, that and Tombstone, perhaps. But uh, anyway, yeah. uh, um, Kurt Russell plays Sheriff Hunt. Patrick Wilson plays Arthur. I love Patrick Wilson. God, he's so good. Patrick Wilson is awesome. Matthew Fox. Uh, uh, Hateful Eight came out the same year, by the way. Oh, well, whatever. So I'm not sure which one came first. So so he got the job because he already had the beard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Matthew Fox is also in this movie. Richard Jenkins, who plays one of the most lovable characters really in is. probably cinematic history, he really is. <laughs> and and I'm gonna listen because we already we already established this is a spoiler heavy podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you something about the end of this movie that was completely unexpected to me. Yeah, later. Okay, but just just if you're listening, know there is going to be a very large spoiler at the end of this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for telling us ahead of time. Uh, Lily Simmons plays Samantha O'Dwyer. She is the fine. fine. <laughs> she she's the wife of Arthur O'Dwyer, played by Patrick Wilson. Um, David Arquette plays a small role. The uh, the legendary Sid, Sid Haig. Haig plays a, this, a small role. This is what I love about this movie. I watched this with my roommate the other night, mm-hmm. and uh, the movie starts off. The first two people you see are Sid Haig and David Arquette. Yeah, and. She like they have hats on at first. You almost don't recognize them for the first couple minutes. Not true. Well, first thirty seconds. How about that? Not true. N- true. So she goes. She, we're watching this, and I knew who it was, obviously. And she goes, "Oh, it's him. Oh, it's him." And then you see Patrick Wilson. He's in this movie too. And then you see Kurt Russell. Who the fuck isn't in this movie? Like this. It, this it's kind of a star-studded. It's a stacked cast for yeah, a really it, like small budget. B, like this is a B movie. Yeah. It was the budget was one point eight million dollars. Yeah, it was low budget. And for, for sure, a, for a movie made in twenty fifteen for one point eight million dollars, this movie looks amazing. Oh, the cinematography and it movie. looks really good. I was telling my, I was telling uh, Jen, my roommate, I, I want to freeze frame on some of these shots of like the the wilderness mm-hmm. and just blow them up and put them on my wall. Because you, they're gorgeous. You say that about a lot of movies, though. My my house would be great. <laughs> it's a mood piece. You could take a you could take a picture of any of any of any frame from this movie, and I could put I it would, on my wall. I would actually do it from this though, because those landscape shots oh, yeah. are gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Just um, gorgeous. Uh, this movie was also directed by a guy named S. Craig Zoller. 
Uh, he's got a movie coming out. Uh, if you're a horror fan, you're following stuff. He's got a movie coming out called uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99 that is starring Vince Vaughn. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard anything about it. Uh, no. But there's been trailers out for it for a little while. Uh, he also wrote Blackout Asylum. Blackout Asylum. We just watched that uh, yep. a couple months ago. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, also the upcoming uh, puppet master, Littlest Reich. He uh, wrote that as well. Oh, did he really? Uh-huh. Wow. Yep. Oh, so he's a, he's a real up-and-comer. He is. Um, yes. So anyway, basically what happens is uh, this tiny little town, they, they explain, I can't remember what happened, but they explain that for some reason a lot of the people from town have picked up and left. Do you remember why? Honest to God, it doesn't don't. really matter. No, it's it's such a small part of the story. It really doesn't matter. You basically have a, a, a pretty pretty small amount of people left in this town, and uh, and one night, um, Arthur O'Dwyer's wife, along with Purvis David mm-hmm. David Arquette, mm-hmm. and uh, a young sheriff's deputy Nick. Uh, or is that the actor's name? No, remember. Nick. No, Nick is the character. Nick is the character's yeah. name. Uh, they're they're abducted by what is described by uh, the local professor who is a Native American, or they call him Professor. Oh, he's the professor. <laughs> Say Professor one more time. <laughs> <laughs> the professor. Uh, as troglodytes, basically. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what he calls them. They're, they're a group of Native Americans who they have no written language, they have mm-hmm. no spoken language, mm-hmm. which will that's why we'll talk about the sound mm-hmm. effects later. And they, they're cave dwellers. They're inbred. They... He says that they oh, they rape and eat their own mothers, and they they're they're basically just they're troglodytes. That's, yeah, they're that, just these wretched. There's a there's a scene at the end when you see the females in the tri- in these clans. Yeah, and it is yeah, it's pretty gnarly. It's not a sight that you want to see. Just in case we don't get back to that, they they basically what they do with the they the cut women off of the, the tribe arms is, and legs. They amputate their arms and their legs, and they stab them in the eyes with giant sticks so that they're blind, and they're basically just used as vessels for yeah they uh, procreation. They, they live their lives laid out on slabs, not being able to do anything with giant bellies full of kids. Yep, it's really they're basically like um really awful. like breeding dogs for like like fighting dogs and yep. whatnot like it, it, it's awful like yeah. it's oh it's such an unsettling look at yeah. I'm, something i mean I, not, it, oh. I mean not, nothing real <laughs> no <laughs> thankfully, no but, no sure no. but just the idea of it though is, is really unsettling yeah like, oh no it was it yeah it's a it's a pretty fuck those troglodytes <laughs> <laughs> exactly fuck them and so they they end up uh um kidnapping yeah these three people mm-hmm. And then it's this, uh, it, like you said earlier, this is kind of what you get in a, in, a, in Western movies a lot. It's a ragtag crew, a ragtag sure. crew of uh, cowboys traveling. We're going to set out. We're going to get them back. Traveling cross country to try and find these troglodytes and where they live and try and get their the Loved their people back. back. Yeah. Um, so you have you have Kurt Russell playing the sheriff. Uh, we did this already. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Richard Jenkins as Chicory, like I said, he's one of he's the my most, favorite character. He's one of the most lovable characters, yep. and I, I'm not even gonna like try and imitate him or anything like that. It's just every line that he speaks, he's obviously like he's like the most kind-hearted person in the entire world, and everything that he says is 
hilarious. Yeah. My favorite, it's not meant. It's not like meant to be hilarious. It's more. A, it's like his delivery of the lines yeah. is just hilarious. It's, it's so funny. My my favorite line in the entire movie is uh, the the sheriff asked him to do something and he asked him if he did. He goes, "No, nope, I didn't do that because I'm old and I forgot." <laughs> so matter of fact about it. <laughs> the first, the first, uh, their first encounter when you first see Chicory and and Sheriff Hunt, um. Chicory has spotted David Arquette's character like out west of town. He was mm-hmm. on a Chicory. Chicory was out on a ramble, and he was like putting putting flowers on his wife's grave, mm-hmm. and uh, and he spots David Arquette's character out west of town doing some like some shady stuff. So he comes to tell uh, Chicory's the backup deputy. Yep, and he comes to tell Sheriff about what he saw, <laughs> and their whole that whole like it's like a seven minute scene, and there's very little said but it's just kind of like it's acting at its finest though. it really did their back and forth is just so hilarious like i said oh, i'm not great. gonna i'm not gonna try to imitate any of it because it'll just it won't be as funny as it actually uh-huh. is but just make sure you watch this movie and know it that really that, it really the, that that scene perfectly illustrates those two characters though to the max you don't need to know anything else about those characters yeah <laughs> everything that you need to know about them for the rest of the movie is contained in that scene and then they can move on and focus on other characters. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 kind of brilliantly written in that respect. Yeah. Um, God, Kurt Russell is so good. Yeah. He's so good, and believable, and like he looks and acts and feels like a sheriff of that time. This you whole know? this whole movie was casted really well. Yeah, like every, super well. Everything everything about it. I loved uh, uh, Matthew Fox mm-hmm. plays. Um, Love his character. Plays uh, Bruder. Yep. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, does he have a? Did, did they ever say his first name? No, nope. he plays. He's, he's listed as Bruder. On he IMDb, plays Bruder. So. He's like this proper, just this proper gentleman who he wears all white all the time. He speaks very proper, but he's also just like a ruthless killer. Did you ever think that for the second, uh, for or the, the fact that he wears all white is because his soul is all black? Because he just killed. Uh, 124 Indians. 116. 116 Indians. And he knows he's a terrible person, so he wears all white to project this image of himself that he knows isn't true. Uh, that's a, a, that's that is insightful. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's actually Thank kind you. of it's actually kind of a good point. No, yeah. I think I think honestly, yeah, I think that like you two, there's two very different sides. Well, of no, himself. he's he's obviously like you you kind of learn more and more about him as the movie goes on, and you realize that he there's a there's a real darkness about uh-huh. him. Like I said, he's a ruthless killer, and he and he's got no problem with basically killing anyone who he has a, a bad feeling about, uh-huh. and he's efficient at it. And uh, <laughs> the only time he shows emotion in the entire movie is when he has to put his horse down. Yeah. Like, that's the only time. Uh-huh. He's killing people. He's talking about his uh, his his mother and his sister dying at the hands of uh, of Native Americans. That was sort of emotional. Like you you got a little bit of insight to him no, with that. He was but... pretty stoic throughout that entire time. The only time you ever saw like even like uh, like a glisten in his eye is when he had to put his horse his down. Horse down. Yeah. Yeah. So I I like that character. I thought it was really cool. I like I like his character for the same reason that I liked uh, Hutchinson's character in Burrowers, though. Like they 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 they're very they they both act. They're different characters, but they both act sort of similar in in my opinion. About like just they're they're kind of assholes, and they just revel in that, and they come across so believable with it, you know. But the difference is Hutchinson. I in uh, the Burrowers, you were supposed to hate. 
and I don't I don't think that they were ever like true. Bruder Bruder was never made out to be a character that you were supposed to really hate. No, no, I, I don't think it was necessarily that that I'm that I'm uh, talking about. I think it's it's that they just they both play their characters so well that it's believable that they are real characters. Does that make sense? Like uh, if there's two, they're they're kind of parallels of each other between the two movies to me. Mm, okay. Whatever. I guess. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 but yeah, I don't know. Continue on. Um, no, what are, what are some of your uh, favorite parts of this movie? I, um, well, my my favorite part of this of this movie, hands down, is is a scene that happens at the end. You mean uh, my kill scene? The ham scene. The ham scene? Making ham legs. <laughs> Where they split the boy and twain? They split the boy and, boy and twain, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, it's because it's so unexpected. There's, like, a, there's a very gruesome kill scene yeah. in this movie. This The reason that's my favorite scene, though, is not just because it's gruesome or anything like that. It's that this movie is... It's, it's, it's a very for the most part, kind of a cut-and-dry western. They're traveling across this landscape. They're dealing with all the problems that happen with that. You know, one guy is injured, and they're trying to do their thing. And then you get to the end, and the last 20 minutes of this movie just goes off the fucking rails when yeah. you finally become acquainted with these cannibalistic troglodytes. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that that, you, that really cements how vicious and fucked up these this clan is is by the way that they kill people for food. Because they eat, they're cannibals. They eat the people. Yeah. And the way they do it is just so barbaric. The way they... And it's so gnarly that you're just like, your jaw's on the floor because you're like, oh my God. And yeah, because I'm, you get the sense that like, they're not just uh, like, yeah, they kill to eat, they kill to eat, but they're also, they're also kind of taking pleasure in what they do maybe. I don't even know that it's pleasure. It's just barbarism. Like it's just, I, I guess, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's just, it, it, there's there's nothing more to it than a purpose to an end. Like in in most slasher movies, for example, like when Jason Voorhees slashes down on a victim, they cut in half because that's what his knife does, right? Right. No, if if you've never seen the movie, I'll I'll spoil this. Like when they they basically hold the guy upside down, split his legs into two, and then axe him down the groin to the neck. Well, leading up to that too, they they slowly scalp him. Yes, they do scalp him. They scalp him, they pull the scalp off while he's still alive, which is it's kind of a when I thought of you know, you hear about scalping when you're younger and you always kind of like I always kind of thought of it as like a post-mortem sort of thing uh-huh. like a like a like an an Indian would kill a cowboy and then oh, no, he would, they did it when they were alive. And then he would <coughs> scalp him. Well, they show I've seen it in other movies like they would go up to a dead body and they'd collect the scalp. So it was like a trophy or whatever. Okay. But this is this I think this was like the the first ever portrayal that I that I saw where they do it while the guy is alive. Hmm. Okay. They get they get him down on his knees. Slowly slice across, across his forehead and peel his scalp off, and he's screaming the whole time, and it's horrible. Uh-huh. It's uh, like as far as like as far as like acting in agony, like this this kid did a really good yeah. job oh, with absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, and the, uh, the part where they where they split him though, like what what stands out to me on that part though is, like I said, in a Jason movie, it's like oh the knife goes through like butter and arms cut off, legs cut off, whatever. Right. In this one, no, they have they have axes that are made out of chiseled bone. Well, it's, you know what bone happens? it's a bone tomahawk. You know how you know what happens when a bone tomahawk hits more bone? It stops. <laughs> and they have to work really hard to get through the bones. Yeah. And 
they show it all. Yeah, like they don't. Like they they don't to, the camera doesn't move. Well, because like, he's it, upside down, so they have it, to crack him like four times in the pelvis before he splits in half. Painful to watch. Yeah. though. Oh my god. And he's god. alive through the whole thing. Yep. Well, and that's for, why I don't know the whole thing, but for the beginning of it, at least. He's, he I mean, he's alive for the scalping, and then they take yeah, his scalp and shove it in his mouth, and then drive it into his mouth with a stake. Oh yeah. What the fuck was with that? I don't know. <laughs> and then they they flip him over, yep. and and they chop him. I think three, four or five times. He's alive for the first three of them because he's screaming the whole time. It's like pretty, it's pretty horrific. And by the end, they just pull him apart. He's probably dead at that <laughs> and point. His but guts like, all spill but, out. But he had to have been alive for those first three hits, and they're those are the most gnarly, just grab my crotch in pain mm, type mm-hmm. of scenes that I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it just it just occurred to me that I was like I was thinking about the way I'm describing this and the fact that I'm kind of giggling the whole time. It's, well, <laughs> it's a nervous it. laugh. I'm, I'm like a... <laughs> I'm like if I tried to describe this to my mother, she would think that I was going insane. Well, I th- I I think the reason we we kind of take pleasure in this is because this Jimmy, scene, that's disgusting. Because this scene, <laughs> we watch it with a different eye. Like I'm watching this scene and I'm like, that was. A really good dummy and some really good practical effects. We look when at they, it very differently when they pull them apart and you see all the guts yeah. spill out. Like it all looked so awesome. It was so well done. That I think this is why a lot of people look at horror fans as uh, kind of kind of weirdos and crazy yeah. people because we're completely desensitized to this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We see that we're not looking at a guy getting split open. We're looking at the effects and how well it was done. And like we're looking at it from a completely different side of right. it. And people don't get that sometimes. Right. You're looking at a weird. I'm I'm seeing a very uh, well crafted dummy being pulled apart and very well crafted intestines falling out of them. You know, it's art. Like I don't want to see that in real life. <laughs> no, I would God never no. want to see God that in real no. life. But yeah, in a movie all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, and you mentioned earlier that one of the guys was uh, injured. We don't even talk. We didn't even talk about this. Oh, but yeah. um, Arthur O'Dwyer, Patrick Wilson, has a broken tibia the entire time. Yep. So he's but, on this cross country trek the entire time, like with this because his wife. So like, he'll be damned if he's going to be left behind. Exactly. So he's got this very shoddily splint, splinted leg uh, that he's dealing with uh-huh. throughout the entire movie, and some of the some of the most cringeworthy parts are having to do with that leg because yep. there's like every once in a while he'll step on it wrong and you'll hear uh, the the crack of the bone yep. and stuff like where it slips out of socket or something like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's yep. Pretty gnarly. Yep. Um, the one thing that we didn't talk about yet that uh, we could probably wrap it up on this. Uh, you mentioned earlier yes. the sound, oh. and I said that. Oh yes, the sound, and I said that this movie has one of the most frightening sounds I've heard in a long time in a movie, and that's these troglodytes. They have no spoken language, so they basically it's pretty far fetched, I'd say, but. It they, is, they, they but it doesn't even matter. No, it doesn't matter. It's like, like it's all you know. You suspend disbelief, and you just like to me, it's just completely badass. Because I've always loved the idea of the Mayan death whistle. Thanks, by the way, for getting me one for my birthday, man. One day I'm just gonna have it, and you're gonna be <laughs> shocked. <laughs> I love the idea of the Mayan death whistle, but this takes it to a whole different level. They have no spoken language, so what they do is they they basically surgically implant the vocal cords from different animals into their throats and that's how they identify each other like one guy screams like an eagle one guy howls like a wolf Uh but the most frightening one out of all of them is when he screams uh he sounds like a wild boar and it's the most like 
especially when you're wearing earbuds, it's just the most piercing and yeah, like most frightening sound. Yeah, if, it, if you don't so, know, if so you don't crazy. know the sound that a, a Mayan death whistle makes, death whistle, death whistle, death whistle, <laughs> Mayan death whistle makes, uh, it's like you just said, it's like it's the most unsettling sound yeah. that you'll ever hear. Well, it it's, sounds like a human being screaming. It's, it's not even screaming. Like it's like you've been screaming. It's like a human's been screaming for a week straight, and their vocal cords are shattered, shredded, yeah. and now it's just screeching coming out of it. Yeah. Like. And it's so unsettling, and they have, they, like I said, they, it, it's. <laughs> um, I don't understand how the physiology would work, though, with them implanting them into their throats. Well, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Well, sure it does. I mean, with a with a, an animal's vocal, uh, I, I guess they're not really using the vocal cords. It's more like uh, more like hard bone in yeah, an animal. Yeah. But if you put it in your airway. If you force air through it, it's going to make that sound. Well, when when uh, when one of them got cut out of one of the troglodytes at the mm-hmm. end of the movie, though, there was like tendons attached to it, like it was a part of them, though. Well, yeah, because they probably they probably implant it into them when they're very young. Oh, that's true. I can you know, because okay. they have to be able to communicate from a young age, so that's they true. probably put it in them when they're a baby, and then that's probably why yeah. there's yeah, no, there's I only about that, there's only twelve right. of them in the clan. There's probably a reason there's only twelve of them in the clan because. If you try and jam the there's vocal only so cords. many brothers and sisters. Well, no, but if you like, there's it's probably like a hit or miss kind of thing. Like some of them have this surgery when they're younger. Yeah. Some of them might die because oh, that's of it. probably you true. Know what I mean? That's probably true. So it's a small group, mm-hmm. and it's freaky. Um, I know that we're, we need to wrap up, but I I had talked about something earlier that I do want to bring up, and it's it's my favorite part about um my favorite part about the movie in terms of how the story was written yeah is that what's shock the most shocking part about this entire movie is who lives and who dies and i said that i was going to give a big spoiler away at the end and I'm, yeah. I'm going to okay because because um we talked about Rick, richard jenkins character chicory the entire flick you're waiting for him to die i never was I was. He was the old man that didn't really seem like he belonged out there. He was. He, he forgot a bunch. Of, that's why. I, that's why I knew from the very beginning that his, he was going to live. His character, though, set him up for failure from the beginning. Oh, I didn't get that. To me, it did. Well, well, that's fine. I'm happy that yeah, yeah, we're that's... getting different things out of it. Sure. For me, though, like, like the character to me is set up to fail to begin with. Um, you know, he forgets things. He's old. He really can't keep up. He's just running around in his underwear in the beginning of the movie for sort of a sake. bumbling like, old fool. Yeah, like like he's going out for this this long hard road trip against troglodytes. Like he doesn't on paper he doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, and the fact that he is one of two survivors, one of two, well of the of the party. Oh yeah, um, is was crazy to me when I first saw it though because he's not the one that I expected to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, but you're so glad he does. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> love it. I, I it was it was like, I was like the whole movie. The first time that I watched it, I'm waiting for him to die. I, I'm this this has to be it. He's got to do this, uh-huh. or he's gonna go off and on his own and forget to do something and fall down a cliff or whatever. Like I don't know. I was just waiting for it. Um, but that's why he doesn't though. He's like he's like Mr. Magoo. You yeah, know, Mr. Yeah. Magoo would always get himself into situations where you're like, oh, God, he's going to fall off that building. And then all of a sudden the I-beam would come and gently lower him down to the ground. Yeah. He was the Mr. Magoo of, of this movie. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way of putting it. I just, he was not, 
even in my realm of people who I thought were going to survive, though. Sorry. And so I loved the fact that... Sorry to anyone under the age of 24 who doesn't get the Mr. Magoo reference, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I just I just loved it because it threw me off. And I like when movies throw me off. Yeah, for you sure. Know, where they, where they kind of they, they false flag you into thinking this is going to happen, and then it doesn't. And right. it, it's a good payoff. I liked it. Yep, absolutely. It's fun. Um, I think we should probably wrap it up right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Let's if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, and Horror Amino at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also follow us and find us and tweet at us at the Buzzed Kill PC. Uh, you can find JJJJ Raj! On all social media at Ocean Recording. Also, www.oceanrecordingstudio.com. And of course, do not forget to go to iTunes and look for the Buzzkill Podcast. Give an awesome rating. Yeah, boy. Click that five star. Yeah. Or at least a decently good rating. Yeah. I'll settle for that. Three, yeah. three, three stars <laughs> yeah. is fine. I mean, that's kind of what I Click shoot for. Click a star. Even, yeah. even one is better than zero. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, so last week, uh, I we talked about how we were doing the 15-2 challenge. Yeah. It is in still full effect. I put up my first uh, update uh, a couple days ago. Falling behind a so little bit. Behind, yeah. behind a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I had eight when I posted it. Um, I got, I got some, I got some time to make up for it. I'm gonna be okay. You'll make up for it. But um, uh, let us know how you're doing. If you're, if you're doing the 15-2 challenge, there's been a couple people that have actually said that they're gonna start it. I don't know if anyone's gonna finish it. I might be solo. Who knows? But uh, if you're doing it, let us know. Like, 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 keep us up to date. You know. Yep. Tell us someone else is into it. Like we said, if anybody actually does it, we will put together a pair care package. And if I'm the only one, James and Justin are going to give me a bunch of free shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> blowies. Yeah. All day long. <laughs> Love those blowies. All right, that's it, boys. <laughs> I had a good time. It was nice seeing you. I don't ever want to see you again. Get the fuck out of my life. <laughs> All right, cheers, cheers. boys. Cheers.